You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. It's six before the hour. Your Hollywood Minute has arrived this Wednesday morning, and here's David Daniel. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear holocaust. No. Something worse. Yet another would-be summer tentpole movie has bowed to the coronavirus. Christopher Nolan's Tenet was originally scheduled to debut July 17th, then moved to August 12th. Now, with no sign of the majority of movie theaters reopening across the U.S., Warner Brothers has moved the film off the schedule completely, with no word on a new release date. The studio could open the time-twisting adventure internationally in countries where more theaters have reopened before premiering it in the U.S. It's something that really has to be well thought out. And so right after the uh, the Cry Pretty Tour 360 was over, this was the next step I knew I wanted to take. That step is my gift, Carrie Underwood's first Christmas album. A mixture of traditional holiday favorites and original material, My Gift is scheduled to be released September 25th with a vinyl release on October 30th. The Canadian heavy metal band Unleash the Archer's new album, Abyss, dropping August 21st, has a definite fantasy element. Five fans who pre-order the album will win the chance to play through the album's story as a round of Dungeons & Dragons with the band members over video chat. You can order the disc and enter the contest at the Napalm Records website. Rolling my 20-sided die in Hollywood, I'm David Daniel. For Till, well, the stars may not have aligned for one New York couple, but they got something even better on their engagement night, a comet. And a retweet from the International Space Station. Kristen Copeland has that story. I went out looking for a comet that night and came home with a fiancé, so... It blew her mind away. She had no clue. (laughs) He's really big into space, so him wanting to see the comet wasn't out of the ordinary. Wearing his NASA t-shirt, John Nicotera talked about the moment that led to a public proposal to -to bride-to-be Erica Pendrack under Comet Neowise. Saturday came and I forgot the binoculars to see the Comet. (laughs) Friend Tim to the rescue. I texted Tim and said like, hey, do you have binoculars? And he came back, no. Uh, And then he's like, a couple minutes later, he's, hey, what if I come with you and meet you guys with his girlfriend and uh, I'll just take photos that night as well. And uh, you could see them through my camera. The rare comet clearly visible in the space between the two local teachers during their special moment. We went uh, up on Macaulay Mountain almost, an old landfill. It was beautiful, I mean, besides standing on top of garbage. He just got down on one knee and I was just completely shocked. There just tears and everything. <laughs> Over the moon excited, John took to social media. And seeing like... Something as silly as him tweeting, trying to reach out to astronauts, NASA, things like that, trying to get anyone's attention to see, you know, the complete joke. Yeah, yeah. No, had no expectations to hear from them. So, and then once one retweeted, it kind of just got popular, and others got wind of it. Prior to this, I've had like one like, you know, I never tweet. (laughs) I don't even know why I have a Twitter, and it just kind of kept going and going and going. NASA, the International Space Station, Elon Musk. What did I do? (laughs) I broke the internet today, you know? And if you can believe it, this engagement story wasn't supposed to play out this way. But the universe had other plans. We had a trip scheduled in July, and I was planning on to propose 
at like a desk, we were going to Portland, Oregon. I was planning to do it there. Well, that got canceled because of COVID. So I couldn't think of a, a plan B, you know? And um, so every plan I thought of, it was kind of boring. But plan B ended up being out of this world. Yes, it did. And good luck to the happy couple. America in the Morning for Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020 is produced by Tom DeLac, our senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout, Westwood One News. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B. Find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ed Council. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Get the free KPL News app in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette. 72 hours to get out. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. The Trump administration orders the Chinese consulate in Houston to close. Local police and fire departments were there responding to reports of fires in barrels in a courtyard. Fox's Sean Langell reports. Officials were not allowed entry into the building because it falls under Chinese sovereignty, allowing the communist regime to deny access. Houston Police tell Fox TV affiliate KRIV, many of the employees of the consulate are slated to be evicted Friday and they were burning classified documents. However, when asked why they were being evicted, Houston Police said to ask the State Department or President Trump himself. A State Department spokesperson tells Fox the consulate closure is over Chinese spying and influence operations that have increased over the past few years. The Chinese government has consulates still in four other American cities, plus the embassy in Washington. At his first appearance at a White House coronavirus briefing since April, President Trump says about mask wearing for protection. I have no problem with the masks. I view it this way. Anything that potentially can help, and that certainly can potentially help, is a good thing. He says, unfortunately, the outbreak will probably get worse before it gets better. As the White House, Senate Republicans and Democrats negotiate a new coronavirus relief package, Kentucky Republican Rand Paul says his party's doing too much spending. This latest bill they're talking about is over a trillion dollars, and that's before they start compromising with the Democrats to give the Democrats what they want. So I think it's a foolhardy notion to think that you can just create money out of thin air, give it to people, and that that creates wealth. He was on the Fox News Rundown podcast. At least 14 people are wounded in a drive-by shooting outside a funeral home in Chicago. The attendees of the funeral exchanged gunfire with the black vehicle. Chicago Police First Deputy Superintendent Eric Carter. The vehicle midway down the block uh, crashed and came to a halt. The occupants of the vehicle then exited in multiple directions and fled. The funeral was for a man shot and killed last week. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. 
but it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. A German man is on trial for an attack at a synagogue. The trial beginning in Germany of a man accused of trying to storm a synagogue in the city of Halle on the Jewish holy day of Yom Kippur last October. Prosecutors allege the suspect, identified only as Stefan B, wanted to kill as many worshippers as possible. The attacker failed to get into the building and instead shot and killed two people nearby. The trial coming as Germany records rising levels of anti-Semitic crimes and right-wing extremist activity. Simon Owen, Fox News. The Kansas City, Kansas School Board votes to delay the start of the school year until September 9th with no in-person classes for the first nine weeks. It's something Governor Laura Kelly wanted to allow more time for coronavirus cases to go down and for more protections to be put in place. We are not in a position at this point uh, to create a congregate gathering center uh, for our children, our teachers, and our parents uh, that we know would be unsafe. She was on The Story with Martha McCallum on Fox. There's speculation the coronavirus outbreak may be indirectly helping some pregnancies. This is House Call for Health. A doctor in the maternity unit at a hospital in Ireland came back from vacation and noticed something odd. There were very few premature babies. This was in April when the coronavirus was at its peak. According to the New York Times, other hospitals around the world started noticing the same thing. So researchers are starting to ask, where are the preemies? And does this have anything to do with the virus? Some researchers are guessing pregnant moms who stayed home during the lockdown may have gotten more rest and family support while avoiding other infections, including the flu, allowing them to carry their babies to term. For more on the coronavirus, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health. I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. The first Chinese giant panda cub just born in South Korea and her mother are said to be doing well at the Everland Amusement Park there. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Wednesday morning here with your update. High today, 93 degrees. Your full forecast is coming up. A 25-year-old inmate died on Tuesday at the Iberia Parish Jail. Around 345 yesterday, jail staff found a male inmate unresponsive in his cell. Life-saving measures were attempted by the staff to save his life, but... They were unsuccessful. The inmate, whose identity has not been released, was later pronounced dead. A now former Generette police officer is under scrutiny over allegations he blackmailed a woman for sex and money following a traffic stop last month. The woman alleged that the officer pulled her and a companion over on a traffic stop, purportedly for a broken headlight. The woman, identified only as Claire, reported she had a controlled substance in the vehicle as well. An investigation is underway. You can find more about this story at kpel965.com. 
an area of disturbed weather that forecasters with the National Hurricane Center have been monitoring since the past weekend, slowly spinning its way across the Gulf of Mexico this morning. The system will likely be a catalyst for more rain and thunderstorms across South Louisiana over the next few days as it moves slowly towards the middle Texas coast. Hurricane Center forecasters still do not give the system much of a chance to strengthen, although the system is moving through an area of the Gulf where that could happen. Water's really warm. Qualifying for the November ballot begins at 8 a.m. today at the Secretary of State's office in Baton Rouge. And as of now, Republican Senator Bill Cassidy does not face a major Democratic challenger. Outgoing State Democratic Party Director Stephen Hanwork says, We may be surprised by a prominent member of the party signing up this week due to the high level of energy in the party right now. He noted that more Democrats voted in the recent presidential primary than Republicans did. Antoine Pierce, a Baton Rouge activist, a New Orleans teacher, Peter Winstrup, are the two announced Democrats so far. Shreveport Mayor Adrian Perkins' name has also come up as a possible challenger. New Orleans Police Chief Tim McConnell says one of the bodies that has been trapped in the Hard Rock Hotel collapse site is likely to be recovered by the end of the week and the other by the middle of next week. McConnell says the rubble has been very delicate and potentially dangerous to recovery workers. It's been 10 months since the construction site partially collapsed, killing three people. Governor John Bell Edwards announced yesterday the state will remain in phase two for at least two more weeks. That will go until Friday, August 7th. The state reported 36 more COVID-19 deaths yesterday to bring the state's death toll to just under 3,500. The 36 deaths recorded over the last 24 hours is the highest since May 22nd, when the state reported 39 deaths in a single day. Over the past 10 days, the percentage of positive cases has averaged just under 10%. Monroe has a brand new mayor, and with the swearing-in of Friday Ellis, he takes the position after defeating Jamie Mayo, who held the position for 19 years. Ellis says he's confident in his ability to tackle the issues voters have voiced their concerns about while on the campaign trail. Reducing crime and flooding, creating a better quality of life, and jump-starting our economic development. And I have high hopes that very soon you will begin seeing proof that we are honoring those commitments. Ellis says the city will now embark on a journey that will create more jobs and move the area forward. I share high hopes today with you. High hopes for a city that is safe, high hopes for a city that is prospering, and high hopes for a city that provides the best service for all of its residents. Ellis won on the July 11th election as an independent and says it's an honor to get to serve in the role. It is my charge to care for this city just like I care for my family. And I promise you that I will serve you well. The Southwestern Athletic Conference has decided to postpone its whole fall sports season all the way to the spring. Jeff Palermo has more on the story. Grambling President Rick Gallo says the leaders of the 10 schools in the SWAC made the decision to move football and the other fall sports to the spring. The safety of our uh, of our students will be paramount in any decision we make. The SWAC plans to play a seven-game football schedule in the spring, and Southern Athletics Director Roman Banks hopes it will be safe enough for fans to be in the stands. This is the best scenario, and it's going to give us a chance to all be able to reunite in a grand way. And Banks says the seven-game schedule will include the Bayou Classic. I'm Jeff Palermo. Now in some national headlines for the first time in two weeks, the daily death toll from COVID-19 in the U.S. exceeded 1,000. Johns Hopkins University reports that 1,056 deaths as of Tuesday night had been recorded with nearly 63,000 new cases. The last time the death toll jumped above 1,000 was on July 7th. A tsunami warning was called off in southern Alaska. The magnitude 7.8 earthquake is what caused it. It happened on the Alaska Peninsula, prompting that warning last night. 
The USGS says the quake struck shortly after 11 p.m. Pacific time and was felt as far away as Anchorage. There have been no reports of damage or injuries. The Pentagon says it will continue to send military gear to local and state police departments despite public criticism over a program. The Senate voted Tuesday on a proposed amendment that would have stopped the Pentagon from sending tear gas, stun grenades, and firearms over 50 calibers to local law enforcement. A Senate vote on the amendment fell short of the 60 votes needed to pass. The mayor of Jacksonville, Florida, is among those concerned with the safety of the Republican National Convention. Mayor Lenny Curry said yesterday more resources are needed to help prepare for the event. Curry's comment came a day after Sheriff Mike Williams said the city is not prepared to host an event that size. And finally, Sir Paul McCartney calling for a historic bridge in Selma, Alabama to be renamed after the late Congressman John Lewis. The civil rights icon passed away last week at the age of 80. Lewis was part of the famous 1965 march over the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. You're up to date. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. News Talk 96.5 KPL. A mixture of sunshine and clouds out there today with a 40 to 50% chance for some scattered showers. A little drier today than it's been the last several days. However, short-lived, we've got more rainfall along the way for tomorrow through the weekend. Highs today up to around 93 degrees with your lows down around 76. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And our weather update is brought to you by the Zeitgeist Podcast, the Daily Zeitgeist. The Daily Zeitgeist is a podcast from the world's smartest and funniest comics and writers. It gets you caught up on the news without grinding you down. Listen to The Daily Zeitgeist wherever you listen to podcasts. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. And just two issues to pass along to you right now. Um, I-10 at mile marker 103 showing a stalled vehicle right now. Not showing much of a backup, so if there's anything out there we need to know about, you can give us a call. Also, Ambassador Caffrey at Ridge Road, a vehicle accident working there. Obviously, another busy area of town. You can always get the latest traffic on the free KPL News app. It's available in the App Store and Google Play. You also have a direct line to our studios to tell us what you're seeing. Again, the KPL News app brought to you by our friends at Acadiana Restaurants. You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. The Daughters of the Confederacy and the Caddo Parish Commission finally came to an agreement to move the Confederate monument that's in front of the Caddo Parish Courthouse. Okay, but where does any of this end? And I'll give you an example. The mayor of Baltimore agreed to take down their Civil War statues, but that wasn't good enough. The city council then not only voted to remove... But to destroy the statues. Look, folks, if a statue that has been standing in your city for years suddenly sends you into a destructive rage, then you're really determined to create a problem for yourself. And you know what? You'll likely create another problem even when it's gone. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Returning Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Park. On News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. Good morning. It is 6.15. Rob Kirkpatrick in the KPL studio here with you this morning and another big day of show for you today so we're going to talk to u.s senator bill cassidy coming up in the seven o'clock hour also matthew block from the governor's office we have rescheduled him and he will be at 6 38 this morning 
Ryan Schinkel, and uh, what do you shink? We're going to ask him. Um, we had a great conversation uh, last week, so um, I want to talk about some things. Obviously, the movie theater issue is is huge right now. People are trying to decide if if they're going to go back or what's going to make them go back. You know, right now, a lot of these movie theaters, they're offering you know the private showings. You go and you get X number of people and you pay this much. Um, so they're doing that. But you don't have the new releases. A lot of those are going to the streaming services, so we're going to talk about that um, coming up this morning. Um, it's going to be another busy morning, uh, and the week continues, busy week of weather as we watch what's going on out in the Gulf. Yes, guys, we have gotten to the point where we are seeing the spaghetti plots, um, talking about where each of these systems are going. At this point, it doesn't look like anything major is being forecast at this point, so we're going to keep our eyes on it. But you know what? It is always a really good reminder that it is hurricane season through the month of November. And um, and now is the time. You know, now is the time to prepare and make sure that you are ready to go. If you need sandbags, if you need anything like that, it's always good to have that whenever the rush, you know, hasn't happened. Bottle water, those sorts of things. It's good to just maybe have in the garage or, or in the laundry room just ready just in case. We're also going to talk to the folks at Restoration Pros. They are super busy right now. But uh, really helping out people in Acadiana, they can help you. We're going to talk to the folks from there. All coming up on the show, it's a great day to be listening to Acadiana's Morning News in KPL. Another big day of shows for you as so much is going on. 617 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. We're back with more after this. Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Prestige Award winner because of you. Thanks for listening to News Talk 96.5, Cape Hill. 619, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. So we were talking about hurricane season, but the pandemic also going on. And, um, you know, we have really high importance on keeping people safe. The folks at Restoration Pros have done it for us here at the radio station. And, you know, they can do it for you, your business. Uh, Kent Sonier joins us on the phone. First of all, Kent, good morning to you. Thanks for waking up early with us today. Good morning, Rob. So tell me a little bit about what this is, because, you know, often I think you end up with these situations where you either need someone for your business or or maybe you have something in, in a home that just needs to be. And it's just a huge project you can't tackle. And that's where Restoration Pros swoops in and and takes care of it. So tell us about your services and really why people are calling you right now. All right, so we've been pretty busy uh, lately with the uh, pandemic going on. We have a specialized disinfectant cleaning that we're offering. Um, It is um, a specialized cleaning service. We uh, use the electrostatic fogging um, to spread our chemicals into the building. Um, We use a a bio-esque chemical, which is... uh, you know, um, it's not harmful to people, pets, uh, plants, and, you know, all of the stuff that uh, y- you want to protect. Uh, we come in, we fog the building, we do a wipe down up to six feet. That's all your touch points. Um, we make sure that everything gets mopped out. We use HEPA vacs for carpet. We set up air scrubbers to... Uh, scrub the air. It moves about a thousand CFM per minute or uh, cubic feet per minute. So we can uh, trap whatever's in the, in the atmosphere of the uh, house, room, facility, 
through uh, the HEPA filters, and uh, we get you cleaned up. You know, it's a it's an important time right now because so many businesses are considered essential, and then the workers that are inside are also essential. I mean, Kent, uh, people would probably argue I'm not very essential because they're tired of hearing me yap every single day. But, you know, <laughs> we're keeping the community informed, and so we have to be here, and Bernie has to be here, and Brandon has to be here. You guys had those filters in our building, and I walked in one day, and you they weren't so loud that you couldn't, you know, operate, okay? So there you had, I think, three or four of them in our building. And it just gave it this kind of like this draft where you could feel that the air was just cleaner. It wasn't stagnant. That's important right now because of COVID-19 and how it spreads and the possibility that could be in the air. That's correct. Um, well, we, well, we, we work, we put together a, uh, uh, a system of our cleaning methods to, uh, you know, clean the air. And with, after we're finished with our service, uh, with proper mitigation, wearing masks, uh, cleaning up after yourselves. We all also left y'all some disinfectant spray, yeah. hand yeah. sanitizer. Um, if, if these uh, mitigation methods are, are used after we leave the building, it gives you a good, clean surface to, uh, to, to properly mitigate. It's a, it's a great service. Kent Saunier from Restoration Pros, part of Duset Services, offering complete repair and reconstruction services from a state licensed contractor. Duset Services and Restoration Pros, everything you need to repair or restore. Write this number down. If you need a, a, a cleaning job like we've been talking about at your office, your home, a school, a daycare, any other building, the number is 210 1270. That's 210 1270 here in Acadiana. You can also go to Restoration Pros LA. Dot com. Kent, thanks so much for your time, sir, and I know it's a busy time, but thanks for what you do. Uh, no problem, Rob. We're here. We're here for people when they need it. Awesome. Appreciate your time this morning. 624 now at Newstalk 96.5. KPL coming up at the show. Matthew Block from the governor's office. We're going to ask about a lot of things. Enforcement of the mask mandate. Great areas for some businesses. And the governor's announcement yesterday that we have two more weeks of phase two. What exactly does that mean? We're going to get to all that coming up on Acadiana's Morning News, 625 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Leveraging the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. Lawyer. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hey, Russell Wilson here, and I know how important exercise is. It's essential. It's essential. With Play 60, United Way and the NFL are helping kids stay active and play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids, healthy kids. But what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org slash play60 because great things happen when we live united. Donate, donate. Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. On this date update for July 22nd. 
General Moses Cleveland founded the city of Cleveland, Ohio today in 1796. He left shortly afterward and never came back to the city that bears his name. Wiley Post finished the first solo flight around the world on this date in 1933. It took him a week. And today in 2011... Nose gear touchdown. America's space shuttle program came to an end as Atlantis landed for the last time. Born on this date, designer Oscar de la Renta, actors John Leguizamo, Albert Brooks, and Danny Glover. And this is Jeopardy! The host of Jeopardy! Alex Trebek. I'm Mitch Davis, and that's your On This Date update. This is House Call for Health. A doctor in the maternity unit at a hospital in Ireland came back from vacation and noticed something odd. There were very few premature babies. This was in April, when the coronavirus was at its peak. According to the New York Times, other hospitals around the world started noticing the same thing. So researchers are starting to ask, where are the preemies? And does this have anything to do with the virus? There's no solid evidence, and many hospitals have not seen a decline in premature births. But some researchers are guessing pregnant moms who stayed home during the lockdown may have gotten more rest and family support while avoiding other infections, including the flu, allowing them to carry their babies to term. A decline in air pollution with fewer cars on the road may also play a role, perhaps an unexpected silver lining to the pandemic. For more on the coronavirus, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from kpel965.com. Good morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. On this Wednesday morning, we'll get up to 93 degrees here in Acadiana. Your full forecast is coming up. In a vote that happened after midnight, Lafayette City Council voted unanimously in support of Mayor President Josh Guillory's plan to move the Confederate-era Alfred Mouton statue in downtown Lafayette. Guillory has been praised by some and criticized by others for the announcement that comes as Confederate-era statues are being dismantled around the country. Guillory has said he wants to move the statue and protect it until further context can be given to its historic value. Pleading to keep community rec centers open and even a call to defund City Hall. That also happened at last night's city and parish council meetings. It's all over a plan by the Guillory administration to close four rec centers on the north side of Lafayette to save money. Now critics say it unfairly targets the black community. It's the latest round of announced cuts as LCG adjusts to a drop in tax revenue to support services. The Domingue Recreation Center, Hyman Park Recreation Center, J. Carlton James Activity Center, and the George Bowles Activity Center all scheduled to close on November 1st with the new fiscal year. The National Hurricane Center upgraded the chance of development for a tropical wave currently over western Cuba and making its way into the Gulf today. State climatologist Barry Kime says there's a medium chance the disturbance will develop into a tropical depression over the next five days. The system is set to move into the central Gulf today and the northwestern Gulf Thursday and Friday. Qualifying for the November 3rd election begins today and federal candidates have until Friday afternoon to fill out paperwork at the Secretary of State's office in Baton Rouge. But will there be a Democrat to challenge Republican Senator Bill Cassidy? LSU Shreveport poli-sci professor Jeff Sadow says Shreveport Mayor Adrian Perkins is a rumored candidate. 
They certainly are on the market for that kind of candidate. Perkins' name has come up as, as somebody that could fit that bill. He's, his mayoral term extends into two years. Antoine Pierce, a Baton Rouge progressive activist, and New Orleans teacher Pete Winstrup are two announced Democrats so far. Sadow says if the party fails to find a candidate who can mount a substantial campaign, they could risk demotivating Democrats from participating in future elections. You never want to give away, have an election where you don't have a candidate that is seen as quality and actually may have a chance to win. The 5th District Congressional seat held by retiring Ralph Abraham should be competitive. ULM poli-sci professor Josh Stockley says there are three well-known Republicans running. Abraham's chief of staff, Luke Letlow, Alexandria Representative Lance Harris, and Wachita police juror, Scotty Robinson. Luke has to be considered the favorite. Uh, Lance Harris and Scotty Robinson finding themselves in a competition with Luke. The spike in COVID cases across most of the southern U.S. has led to the Southwestern Athletic Conference to call it quits on all sports, including football for the fall. The current plan is to come back and play those seasons in an abridged form in the spring. But Grambling President Rick Gallo says the virus will dictate if football can be played at all. Southern University Athletics Director Roman Banks says the league is still deciding what the schedule will look like, but they do know they'll play Grambling once the date is set. They'll talk with Bayou Classic and New Orleans officials to set that date. Homeschooling is seeing a surge in interest as many parents are not comfortable sending their kids back to the classrooms. Matt Doyle spoke with a homeschool advocate with some tips for first-time homeschoolers. Coalition for Responsible Home Education Director Rachel Coleman says first and foremost you have to answer one question. Is there a caregiver in the home who's able to devote themselves to homeschooling full-time? If not, look into your district's virtual enrollment options. If you do offer homeschooling, though, no, you don't have to take state tests, but you do have to guarantee a certain number of educational days. And The law specifically states uh, a curriculum of quality at least equal to that offered by the public schools in the same grade. You also have to fill out a form with Bessie. I'm Matt Doyle. 185,000 Louisiana workers applied for the $250 frontline worker rebate in the first five days of the program. It was designed to sit aid to about 200,000 total workers who were employed in health care, first response, and grocery stores during the early days of the pandemic. Registration is still open. And finally, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers says it's adding a month to the crawfish season in about 28,000 acres of the basin. The floodway system's park manager says a slow drop in the Atchafalaya River is making for great crawfishing in the Indian Bayou area. Steve Stone says about 140 people have special use permits needed for crawfishing there, and permits are still available at the Corps' Port Berry well, the last couple of days, we've dealt with a tropical wave that has sat just off the coast of Texas. That now moving out of the way, and we're in between waves right now here in Acadiana, which means a little drier today. May not feel like it, though. Rain chance is still going to be sitting at about 40 to 50 percent. Scattered showers out there through the afternoon. A mixture of sunshine and clouds with highs getting up to around 93 degrees later on today. Winds will be from the east-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour, and those overnight lows are going to sink down to around 76. Looking ahead through the rest of the week, starting tomorrow afternoon and going all the way through into Saturday and even Sunday, they'll be talking on again, off again. Showers, mostly cloudy skies, heavy rainfall at times really picking up for both Friday and Saturday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. 
And just still, uh, those same accidents to pass along to you right now. Still working ambassador at Ridge, an accident there. Also, I-10 at I-49. There's something going on. It is listed as a vehicle accident, but we're not seeing those reports. They're also not seeing much of a backup at this point. Again, um, it looks like this time it's on the eastbound side. Also, Louisiana Avenue, not far from my tennis stall vehicle being moved out of the roadway there. Make sure you buckle it up and keep it safe out there and let us know if there's anything you see and we need to know about it as well. Right now, 636. From the ESPN 1420 Sports Center, Greg Larnard. Good morning from the ESPN 1420 Sports Center. Louisiana Raging Cajun sophomore offensive lineman Osiris Torrance was selected to the 2020 Outland Trophy watch list on Tuesday. He's one of 21 offensive guards and only one of five from the Sun Belt to be named to this list, which watches out for the best interior lineman in college football. In case you missed it around the NFL, there will be no preseason games this coming season. And the idea of no fans in the stands is still being mulled over by many teams. Around the NBA, the new courts for the season restart were revealed in Orlando in the bubble on Tuesday. And on them in big black letters along the hardwood, red Black Lives Matter. Finally, Major League Baseball is set to return tomorrow. But on Monday night, history was made when Giants assistant coach Alyssa Nacken got an opportunity late in the game to coach first base, becoming the first female to ever do so. Congrats, Alyssa. And that's a look at sports. I'm Greg Leonard on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. It is 6.37 on this July 22nd, 2020. Coming up on the show, what do you shink? Ryan Schinkel joins us. We talk about technology, dad stuff, business, sports. And uh, this week, I want to ask him about the sign-stealing scandal. He's a big baseball fan, and of course, we're all talking about sports. And um, I'm interested in what he thinks. Moving on to other news, the mask mandate in Louisiana still uh, mandated at this point, another two weeks of phase two announced yesterday by the governor and Matthew Block joins us this morning from the governor's office. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm hoping that we can clear up some questions that people have and and also address some concerns that people have, quite frankly. I want to start with the mask mandate and the question of enforcement. It's the it's like the first question that comes up at these press conferences. It was the first question that was asked last weekend when the mask mandate was announced by the governor. And and where are we on that? Because there has been back and forth, as everyone listening probably knows, between the attorney general and the governor, specifically on the issue of enforcement. Well, well first, in, in it, before I get to the issue of enforcement, I just mm-hmm. want to talk about how important the that that masks are and and this is not something that's that's the the governor is coming up with this is something that the public health experts around the country including louisiana are saying that it's critically important to finding our way out of this and being able to make sure we can we can continue to reopen and continue to have some some semblance of what what we life looked like back before COVID came along. And so we, we know that masks work. Now, I know there was some confusion early on in the, in the messaging we were receiving from the public health experts about whether masks were required. And, and we all know that they, there was a, a severe shortage in masks and that led to some of the confusion about the messaging from, that we were receiving from the public health 
health experts in Washington early on. But now everybody is unanimous that masks work, masks are needed, and there is a specific recommendation for Louisiana from the White House that there be a mask mandate in Louisiana, including the other things that the governor's done, unlimiting crowd sizes and and to to close bars. Those are all specific recommendations from the White House for it to happen in Louisiana. On, on the issue of enforcement, the way the governor structured the order is that everyone is required to to wear a, a face covering when they will be within six feet of someone else outside of their immediate family. The, the enforcement provision is for the, those businesses or organizations that will have individuals who either work there or have members of the public where they can't socially distance, they're required to have policies so that when people come in, they are wearing masks. That's what's required, that, that if a business is going to be open and have employees or individuals work who are members of the public come in, they're required to have a, a, a policy that, that people wear masks, and that's what's going to be enforced. If someone comes in and, and if an individual comes in and they're not wearing a mask and they say, look, I have some medical condition or I fit one of the other, one of the other exceptions outlined in the order that I'm not required to wear a mask, the business is allowed to rely on that individual statement. The business is not going to get in trouble, is not going to be in violation of the governor's order. If they, if they rely on that statement from, from the individual, they don't have to have a doctor's excuse. They don't have to have proof that business is entitled to rely on that. That's the, the way that, that we can make sure that we have compliance with this by requiring businesses to do that. And I think what you've seen, certainly what I've seen, is that we, we have had near universal adoption of that in the, the number of businesses, the number of individuals in businesses in the last week has changed dramatically in, in who is wearing masks and who is not. And that's going to be a good thing because it's going to help slow, slow this down. Well, yeah, the, and the change has definitely happened. I mean, even, I'll be honest, back in the height of things when, you know, I would say maybe April, maybe mid to late April, you know, you'd go to a store and it was it was still half and half. I mean, you, about half the people were going in wearing them, about half were not. You have a lot of stores where people started wearing them earlier before it was mandated. Um, is that a good sign? I mean, is does the governor recognize that, that I think people are taking to it? Even people who you know, three weeks ago were like, no, it's not my thing. I mean, we even had early on with the mask mandate about, you know, talking about infringement on rights and, and different things like that. Then you have the president yesterday in you know the first briefing in a really long time saying, "Look, here's my mask," and you know conceding that it it does work and and it's something. If if not if not perfect, it's something. Look, there's there's no doubt there's been a change, and I think part of it the the change that that we have seen is because of the messaging that's come from from the, the president and in the White House. Look, when when the vice president came here. Um, last week, he got off the plane wearing a mask. The whole congressional delegation, including the governor, were there to greet him, all wearing masks. It's, it's really important that, that people see from, from the, the leadership of the state and from the country that 
this works in and this is the this is one of the the big important measures we can take to be able to reverse the the unfortunately the second spike that we have seen in in this month is 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 cases have increased dramatically and we are we're now nearing hospitalization numbers that that we're not there yet but we are certainly seeing increasing hospitalization numbers back to some areas of what we we saw back in March and April including in Acadiana by the way which is more, which is a, a been a very concerning area of the state for for the last several weeks now in terms of our the number of cases the positivity rate which is the the number the percentage of of positives with all the new testing that is done, the positivity rate has been something that's been been the White House has paid particular attention to in Louisiana, and that is something they're very concerned about. And then the number of hospitalizations, all of which we are seeing increasing in throughout the state. We we have a statewide problem in Louisiana, which is unlike what all those all the other states around us are seeing. You know. Um, Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, all states which have now done the, taken the exact same measures that the governor has of, of requiring masks and limiting crowd sizes, closing bars, or at least Texas and, and Florida have done the, the bar closures. So they, let me, they see the same, yeah. same things we do. I hear you. Uh, so Matthew Block joins us uh, from the governor's office. I want to ask specifically about numbers. So um, right next door in Texas, about 3,500 positive cases were pulled off of their totals um, in the state. And you know, the folks who are looking at this say it's because there is a third-party group who's looking at these numbers. In the state of Louisiana, there's been some criticism by a couple parishes that their numbers are inflated. Red River Parish was the first one. I believe the second was Wachita Parish. And looking at those, and at this point, there is no really third party other than the governor's office and the Department of Health looking at these numbers. So how can people in Louisiana be confident that these numbers are right, that there's not duplicates, that someone having five tests is not counted five times? How is that being checked? I mean, is there a way publicly that we can see? I know there's a lot of privacy issues with health care, but people are, are concerned and, and think that there's definitely an uptick. Well, so first off, we, we've conducted over 1.1 million tests in this state. Louisiana from the very beginning was very aggressive about testing and, and I think either Louisiana is is either first or second in the number of per capita tests we, we have done. So Louisiana had a very aggressive testing regime from the beginning, which means we were doing a lot of tests and getting a lot of results. And so as you can imagine, this is something where the reporting is done on a on a daily basis. We had a we had a goal of doing two hundred thousand tests in in um, in July. We that in June that was exceeded. Right now we had the same goal and we're over three hundred fifty thousand tests in July so far. So it's a lot of data that is being processed by the Department of Health every day for daily reporting. But what a big part of that effort is making sure to address that very concern that you just mentioned of making sure that there are no duplicates. So what, what we can be certain of is that every positive that is reported is not a duplicate because there's a tremendous deduplication effort that goes through by the department because it gives the department no benefit 
to to have bad information out there. There's no addict. I, I know there's been some some um, discussion on social media and things like this that, and somehow the state gets more money if they're more positives, and that's just not true. There's no there's no benefit to anyone to have bad inf- information out there. The, the, in the case of Red River Parish, you mentioned that there was some um, sleuthing done up there by by the the governmental teams up there where they they thought that they had duplicated numbers the numbers in red river the numbers anywhere are not duplicated those are i think red river parishes is up to about 131 people who have tested positive all of those people are separate individual people who have separate birthdays separate names separate addresses that's all stuff that the department of health has has um information about him. So we're working through with those local governmental entities to be able to explain to him the process, the way that the data has been reported over time has changed. And we think that that has led to some of the confusion on on the local level. But I can assure you, I can assure your, your listeners, there's no benefit to having wrong numbers out there for anybody and so we want to make sure that we be as transparent about that as possible yeah i mean it builds distrust in in the whole process because you know we're we're focusing on so many different things when we first started out we were focused on cases now it sort of seems like the more reliable metrics is hospitalizations and death but then that doesn't even tell the story because are the people hospitalized there for two weeks or are they there for two days are you guys at the governor's office looking to see what other states are doing because, I mean, I hate to keep talking about Texas. People seem to be pretty pleased with how their reporting is being done. They came out and said, we found these duplicate errors because we're letting a third party oversee it. Is there any consideration in our state to let a third party look at these numbers and to make sure the deduplication efforts, as you said, are actually being done? Well, look, we're, we're going to continue to, I mean, they, we this whole process began back in on March 9th for us when we reported our, our first case and, and soon thereafter Louisiana had one of the first transparent publicly facing websites in the country that reported the the data but we've looked this is a, a plane that we've been building as we've been flying it and so we we know that that there can always be ways to have better reporting more information that gets reported and more transparency and more more accountability to that information so that that's always something that 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 we're evaluating the of course the most important mission that we all have is making sure that we can reverse the the trends on on the this most recent spike of, of the virus and so that's the our the the mission number one to be able to do that but but that is something we we will of course be looking at ways that we can have more more confidence in in the public numbers that that are coming out and so everything we can do to to in to have the public assured that the data that's being reported that's of course what we're going to be doing uh we're joined by executive council matthew block and matthew i appreciate your time we have about a minute and 30 seconds left i just want to um just ask about the ongoing back and forth with the attorney general we have letters sent back and forth um you know, you have the governor mentioning sort of the disagreement here. Where does the buck stop? Because we we know that the attorney general's office is, you know, the the legal counsel for the state of Louisiana. The opinion that came out, it was sent to the group of Republicans who is looking to make the changes to the emergency declaration or the emergency order. 
Um, where does it stop? Because it, it, it sort of seems like we're all just, I don't know, kind of hovered over a, over two cats just fighting, you know, and, and I don't know how much good that does us in the state. Well, I don't think it does as much good at all. And, and I think it's unfortunate because early on, the, the, the attorney general appeared at a, a press conference with the governor and said that um, the, the measures that the governor had taken, which at the time were more restrictive, um, were, were constitutional, were, um, were advisable, and that he, he agreed with them. And in fact, he even said, and I think the governor can even be more restrictive. That's what the attorney general said back in March. Obviously, something changed for him. I'm not sure exactly what that is um, in, in the meantime. But the, the point you're making is, is the correct one, which is we, we, are, we have seen tremendous cooperation in this state between Republican, Democratic officials alike, because we know this is not a, a Republican virus, Democratic virus. We know that we all need to work together to, to be able to fix this. And, and we need to continue that level of cooperation that we saw back early on in, in response to this. We, with regard to the, the um, who weird is the buck stop, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it, the, the governor is the one that is required to make the decisions about the, the emergency. And the attorney general has an opinion. He's entitled to his opinion, but it's just that. It's an opinion. And it, it, the, the governor's order is, is still in effect. And, and as he announced yesterday, it's going to be renewed on Friday for an additional two weeks so we can get some more data to see what, what is working. Because we do not need right now. The, the the attorney general said a couple of times in his two letters that there are no clear benchmarks, et cetera. That's just not true, and it's fundamentally not true. The, the, the benchmarks that were set out by the White House on the, the opening up America again plan require, and they, that's published, it's been clear, every state has, has adopted those standards including Louisiana, they require two weeks of downtrends on cases, on positivity rates, on, and that you, don't, you aren't nearing crisis care in your hospitals. Louisiana does not meet any of those measures right now to move into, in, into phase three. It's just a, a fact, and anybody who would review those, those, clear, um, those clear benchmarks that were required to move into a new phase would would have to acknowledge that, and so we we have been following the guidelines set out by the White House from the very beginning in constant communication with the Vice President, with Dr. Burks, with Dr. Um, Fauci. The Vice President said last week when he came here that he fully supported the efforts, including the mask mandate, including the bar closures that that the governor had had ordered, and those those recommendations are one that we know can work to reverse the, the increases that we have seen lately in this second spike. All right, Matthew Block from the governor's office and the legal staff there. Thanks so much for your time. Um, I know it was quick, but we had to kind of address several different things, and hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again soon. We appreciate it. I'd be happy to do it anytime. I appreciate you having me on, Rob. All right, thanks. It's 6.55 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Coming up, we continue our conversation. U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy joins us. We'll talk about a lot of things. What is he seeing on the federal level on coronavirus and exactly what does he think will happen next as far as the mask mandate and other things? 
So we will get to all that and more. Coming up on Acadiana's Morning News, your forecast for today, 93 degrees, 40% chance of showers and storms. The wet week continues as we watch a tropical wave out in the Gulf. Should be a rainmaker later this week for us. Tropical Depression 7 could become Gonzalo later today in the Mid-Atlantic. More coming up. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. On Tuesday, longtime Village Voice editor Pete Koch posted an online piece, Dear America, five better places to target the next time you go rioting. Now, this guy says that his readers need a better strategy. Don't torch the auto zone. Don't torch a local bar. You use them. Instead, he said, rioters ought to attack five places that make America not great. First, to get back at the NRA, Cott says that his readers ought to torch the local gun shop instead of burning down restaurants. Next, says the University of Phoenix should be targeted because they supposedly fool kids who have no business going to college to get worthless degrees while getting buried in debt. Then comes Wells Fargo, the nation's fourth largest bank, a symbol of unequal justice, according to Mr. Cott's rioters should take revenge next up rioters ought to find the nearest amazon warehouse and burn it down jeff bezos and his buddies are guilty of weaponizing technology against their own workers they come close to recreating a plantation economy and last but not least cott says that jp morgan should be attacked since they're the biggest american bank and criminal enterprise now he may pretend it's all a joke but it isn't this is what's inside these twisted, deranged liberal minds, and it's now on American streets. It's serious stuff. Sometimes in life, it's easy to settle for good enough. But with identity theft protection, good enough isn't enough. Data breaches appear to be happening more and more, placing your data in the wrong hands, and that leads to identity theft. Now, if you're only monitoring your credit, you could miss certain threats, like somebody selling your info on the dark web. LifeLock sees a wide range of identity threats. And if you end up with an identity theft issue, a restoration specialist dedicated to your case will work to fix it. Now look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all the transactions at all businesses, but Shouldn't you have identity theft protection that's better than just good enough? Go to lifelock.com or call them at 800-440-4833. Use my name as the promo code. That's Rush. Save up to 25% off your first year. Lifelock.com. Promo code RUSH, 25%. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are KDMS home for news and talk. KPEL-FM Brokerage, Lafayette. Pack up and go. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. The Chinese consulate in Houston is suddenly ordered closed. The State Department says a closure is meant to protect American intellectual property and Americans' private information and comes after local media in Houston reported bins on fire at the Chinese consulate. Witnesses reported the smell of paper burning as local officials were kept outside. The Chinese Foreign Ministry calls the closure an outrageous and unjustified move which will sabotage China-U.S. relations and is calling for the decision to be reversed, warning Beijing could take necessary countermeasures. Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. 
Federal officers again used tear gas on protesters in Portland, Oregon. Acting U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan objects to those officers being referred to as secret police. They're professional federal law enforcement personnel. Right. They, they've got patches on them. They've got patches that represent CBP, uh, Border Patrol. They have police on the front and the back that clearly identifies them as police, as federal agents. He was on Fox and Friends. Some protesters say they've been detained by federal officers in unmarked vehicles nowhere near any federal facilities. It's been reported that President Trump opposes more funding for coronavirus testing in the next financial package being worked on in Congress, but he says at a White House briefing. I think that uh, we are doing a tremendous amount of testing, but if, if, the, if the doctors and the professionals feel that even though we're at a level that nobody ever dreamt possible, that they would like to do more, I'm okay with it. Some people in Alaska take shelter after a tsunami warning lifted two hours after an earthquake off the coast. Randy Baldwin with the U.S. Geological Survey says it was a strong one, magnitude 7.8. This quake happened about 200 miles southwest of Kodiak Island, south of the Alaska Peninsula area. There are no reports of damage or injuries. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Joe Biden releases what he calls his All right, 703 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL, and we are joined on the phone by U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning to y'all. So, all right, we just now talked in our last segment of the last hour uh, to Matthew Block from the governor's office here. Um, and, you know, I'd love to get your uh, opinion on things, not just necessarily in our state, but, you know, you deal with with, you know, all these other senators. You hear what's probably going on in other states. You're obviously watching the federal response. And the biggest issue that people have in the state of Louisiana is a trust in the numbers. And, you know, obviously we have a mask mandate we've talked about. It's going back and forth between uh, the attorney general, Jeff Landry and the governor's office. But, you know, just yesterday in Texas, we had a big adjustment that happened with some positive numbers. Do you think that plays a role in how people are responding, especially now that we're dealing with this second wave that's really just sort of a continuation of the first wave? Yeah, well, there was a dip between the two waves. Clearly, there's been different messages that have come out at different times. It has confused people who have not followed it closely. But I think, bottom line, the question is, how do we control it? We are in a public health crisis, which has created an economic crisis and an education crisis. And so we can parse the numbers. We can say it was this, it was that. We revised and we revised the recommendations. Reality is, unless we control the virus, 
We're not going to be in football stadiums this fall. We're not going to be going to bars and restaurants. So in my mind, it's almost a, who cares? We got to control the virus. And until we control the virus, we continue with this kind of lockdown. And um, as long as we have a lockdown, our life is not what we want it to be. I saw someone yesterday compare it to, you know, budgeting for a big purchase. And it's like, you know, sometimes you have to do uncomfortable things, maybe not go out to eat as much, maybe not take that trip because you're you're going for an ultimate goal. And obviously our ultimate goal is sort of going back to life um, as a doctor. What do you think the, the prospect is and, and even a timeline if everyone were to start wearing masks today? I mean, how soon could we get back to life? We can control this virus. We know that wearing masks actually works. If you go to really congested cities like Hong Kong or Taipei, Taiwan, and people routinely wear masks because of air pollution, their, their amount of flu, another kind of, you know, you breathe on me and I catch it sort of thing, uh, is much lower than you would expect. Mm -hmm. So wearing a mask actually works. Now, it's uncomfortable. I believe me. You don't have to do it if you're walking outside in a 20-mile wind and you're by yourself. So you can have a little bit of judgment. But if you're inside around people, you know, within six feet, you probably should. And I saw a little meme, um, you know, came across my Internet. <laughs> if CDC said that if everybody in the South stayed inside for 14 days, we'd be able to play football with packed stadiums in the fall. <laughs> yep. We would. <laughs> yep. I know. I know. If you can give us some well, sort of guarantee. In perspective. And my perspective is I want to be at the tailgate. I want to be at the football game. Uh, I want to go out to the restaurant or the bar afterwards. So we are coming up on, uh, so it's the 22nd. So what is that, burn? About, what, eight days, eight, nine yeah. days until we um, have the end of this additional federal unemployment benefit. Um, that is a big topic of conversation in, you know, what you do for it. We heard some sound this morning from some leading Republicans that said at the end of the day, we don't want to incentivize people not working. And that's what we may think that the $600 a week actually did. What would you tell people down in Louisiana? What are the conversations happening right now? And if that continues? Well, you know, obviously we're looking to see what happens with the shutdown. And if we're able to reopen at least a little bit and the job numbers keep coming back, it'll decrease the need for personal aid and for unemployment. Um, but there probably will still be some need. Now, to the point, about 80 percent, I'm told, 80 percent of people who were receiving the additional unemployment were making more money on unemployment than they were working. Now, as a short-term strategy that works, long-term, it, 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 it doesn't work. In the sense, you lose seniority at work, you lose your job skills, and statistically, the longer you're on unemployment, the less likely you go back to meaningful work. So we know it's bad for society, it's bad for individuals, it's bad for families. So there will be some support. I don't think it'll be the kind of, we pay you more not to work than to work that was in the current, that was in the CARES 3.0. You know, yeah. But it's still being negotiated, but that's something that just seems to make sense. Well, and I always thought it was interesting because when you fill out the unemployment paperwork, and I walked through it with someone only because I wanted to sort of see how it looked and what the questions were. By the way, the questions, quite confusing in Louisiana. I know you don't have any uh, say over that, but anyway, they know how much you make. And so I think there is the ability. Obviously, the 600 was just tacked on to the 243 or $247. But if the system knows exactly what you made, why isn't the system just recognizing and getting you to that point? So it's 
quote unquote full unemployment. Basically, you make what you would make before, and maybe that's something for the future. I don't want to don't want to waste your time on that because it's all kind of pie in the sky right now. Well, the, well, we were told Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, spoke to us yesterday, but we've heard this message before, and the message was that we have fifty states in the District of Columbia. They each had a different computer system, and they weren't able to do the calculation you just described. Okay, we're going to give you 80% of what you were previously earning. Uh, and, and since with CARES 3.0, we were just trying to keep the, the, you know, the economy afloat. Um, you, they, they didn't really have time to say to the states, hey, go fix it. In the interim, states have been asked to fix it so that there is more capability to pay people a percent of what they were earning as opposed to, you know, just here's a fixed sum, you know, I, I hope it's not too much. Mm -hmm. and, and who's ever going to raise their hand and say, you know what, 400 will do it. That's okay. Right. You know, no one's ever going to do that. Um, Senator Bill Cassidy joins us on the phone this morning. Um, obviously, this continues, um, but the, we're looking ahead to November. We know qualifying for federal races here in our state, it opens up uh, in just about Eh, 51 minutes or so. Um, we know you're running for re-election. Uh, at least we hear that's the plan. <laughs> um, we'd be surprised if you said, nah, kind of like the people saying the unemployment's too much. If if you would surprise me if you said, eh, I don't know, Rob, I'm still thinking about it. But um, <laughs> but obviously it, it's going to be a big topic of conversation leading up to November. Um, uh, so so kind of where are you on that? What are your hopes and, and kind of what do you want to do? What What work is still left to be done? Hey, spoiler alert, I'm running for re-election. Oh, okay? shocker. <laughs> Where's the bill? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I have been so honored. Uh, one, first, let's just pick health care, something I care passionately about, something that feeds right into the COVID crisis. Uh, I had the honor of President Trump saying that, you know, I'm kind of his right-hand guy on health care. There's a lot more to be done on health care. How do we continue to make prescription drugs more affordable? Protecting people against surprise medical billing. Lowering the cost of health insurance premiums. Frankly, we've made some progress. We've made some significant progress. There's a heck of a lot more to do. Uh, so my hope is that President Trump is reelected. We continue to work together and we accomplish some of these goals that we've made headway on, but have more work to do. As long as there's more work to do in these areas that are so important to our country, I'm going to run this time. And there is, so I am. Awesome. All right. Senator Bill Cassidy, we thank you for your time, as always. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thank All you. Right. 711 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, there's no cookie cutter no. response. And, and I hope that came across when um, I was talking to, to Matthew Block from the governor's office. Mm -hmm. You know, you will always, I mean, it just sort of comes with the territory. You are an elected official. You're going to do things that are popular with some, unpopular with others. others we right. see it even locally. Last night with the Mouton statue vote, the city council voted unanimously mm -hmm. to side with Mayor President in looking at options to remove that statue. There are people who say it's the best thing he's ever done, and there are people who say they will never vote for him again yeah, because of it. Right. And it's yeah. just sort of the game of politics, you yeah. know? Um, so anyway, all right, 712 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. Coming up, what do you shink with Ryan Schinkel? That's all ahead <laughs> right it. here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Well, the last couple of days we've dealt with a tropical wave that has sat just off the coast of Texas. That now moving out of the way, and we're in between waves right now here 
in Acadiana, which means a little drier. Today may not feel like it, though. Rain chance is still going to be sitting at about 40 to 50 percent. Scattered showers out there through the afternoon. A mixture of sunshine and clouds with highs getting up to around 93 degrees later on today. Winds will be from the east-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour, and those overnight lows are going to sink down to around 76. Looking ahead through the rest of the week, starting tomorrow afternoon and going all the way through into Saturday and even Sunday, you'll be talking on again, off again. Showers, mostly cloudy skies, heavy rainfall at times, really picking up for both Friday and Saturday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 78 degrees here at KPL Studios. Our weather update brought to you by the podcast True Romance. It's the podcast for anyone who loves listening to two girls talk about falling in love and then taking a baseball bat to your aquarium tank. You can listen to True Romance with Carolina Barlow and Devin Leary, wherever you listen to podcasts. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. A stalled vehicle, Louisiana Avenue, just past I-10. Again, that's a stalled vehicle on Louisiana Avenue, just past I-10. It's coming up now on 714. And our traffic updates being brought to you by the folks over at the Matthew James Financial Group. Wealth Management and Retirement Planning is just a phone call away. Give them a call today, 366-8366. That's 366-8366. All morning long, traffic you can depend on on Acadiana's Morning News. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep. And my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. And here it goes. I'm just a kid. 
right, this is a segment we love to call What Do You Shink? And Ryan Shinkle joins us on the phone. Good morning to you. Good morning, Rob. How you doing? Hey, look, we got really good reviews for our conversation we had last week. Someone uh, wrote in and said, a little bit long on the iPhone history. And I said, that's what you get, okay? Because it's, <laughs> this is a, well, here's the deal. This is a real conversation. Like, this isn't, this isn't staged. These are the same conversations that Shinkle and I will have when we really, like, we've arrived at our destination yeah. separately. And we are sitting in the car because we're still talking about this stuff. So that's what makes this segment so great. Zero preparation is really that's all right. the key. That's the key. Hold up. We did prep. I did prep you with one topic, and we're going to talk about it in a, in a bit, and that is about the baseball cheating because I hear you're passionate about it, and I've we've talked about this, and here's where I, I assume, am on the cheating. I assume you're talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah, and you know what? You can't see my air quotes. I've, I'm air quoting cheating. I see. Because, it, because anyway, we're going to get into that more coming up. I can't. T- I don't want to say everything I want to say until we're ready to talk about it. Okay. Um, Okay, so I, I just love to talk about something tech with you. I, I told you um, before we got started that my AirPods went kaput, mm-hmm. and I can assure you that AirPods. Now here's the deal: um, my AirPods got washed in the washing machine. Luckily, they didn't go through the dryer, which maybe would have helped. But um, but I but <laughs> I thought. I mean, I put them in my ears after, like I wasn't worried about electrocution, nothing. I put them in and they worked, and so I was like you know what, great, another Apple invention that survives the unsurvivable, you know? Well, it turns out, I think the AirPods themselves were still had some charge, but the actual charging case is what was fried. So uh, now we're now we're totally dead. But anyways, um, maybe so you can replace just, just the case, Rob. You know what, why would I, Shinkle, you know me enough to know I've never bought new tires for a car. I've just bought a whole new car. <laughs> This sounds like not, an orchestrated plan to get the AirPods Pro is what it sounds what do you like mean? to me. Are you trying to tell me that I I hid my AirPods in my jeans that my wife washed? Because that actually, I should have done that months ago just to justify getting the new AirPods. That's fair. Did you say last week something about the new AirPods adjusting and how you turn your head? Tell us more about that. Yeah, they have a new adaptive audio feature, or they, they will with the next uh, iOS update that if you're using them to watch something either phone or apple tv ipad that as you turn your head the sound will dynamically change relative Mm. to to the position of the airpods and the source of the video yeah so this is kind of like the new age of the dolby surround sound in movie theaters yeah i think that's right Uh, i'm excited to to give it a shot are you um, a movie theater person? I don't know why. We've never even talked about this before because I'm jonesing to go back to the movies. Like, I, Maybe it's just because of my schedule. Like, I can legitimately say I can be done at work at 1 o'clock if I'm done with all the things I have and meetings I have. And so I'll go to a movie by myself, but um, it's not everyone's thing, especially in the age of the Rona. Well, yeah, I'm, I have not been since uh, all this craziness began, but we like to go to the theater but you know what's interesting is i think many people are tilting more toward the the higher end experiences the yeah. the ipic or the alamo draft house and less toward kind of your standard theater but even you know like the grand and lafayette and some of the amc theaters are now doing alcohol and and those to, to kind of upgrade that experience um a little bit you know um unpopular opinion here I do not like the Alamo Draft House movie tavern model. And here's why. 
I just feel like people are constantly moving around and that's my regular life. You know, like if I wanted people to constantly be moving around and asking me for things, even delivering drinks to me, like I would just watch a house. Uh, I would just watch a movie at my house because I have little people that, that run around and constantly do that stuff. I want everyone to be quiet and I want to transport myself to wherever. I want to be in Vietnam when I'm watching Forrest Gump. And that's the whole point of a movie theater experience to me. Go have dinner somewhere and then go watch a movie. Make it a make it a twofer. You know, I don't I don't have to have it all at the same place. Yeah, I appreciate the really topical reference to Forrest Gump. Saying. Uh, no, I, I, right? I agree with you. I mean, I enjoy, if I'm going to go to the movie and sit down and really get into something, um, it can be distracting with people moving around, bringing you uh, beverages. But, uh, but I like that, you know, I like that experience. I don't want to have to get up and go out and, and get a refill either and miss part oh. of the, part of the movie. I'm not, I, no, I don't get up, but also, you know, you know me enough to know I don't I don't do anything like that. I do not wait till they call my boarding group to get on the plane to go use the restroom. And people who do that, I'm married to one. I just I'll never understand. I can't tell you how many times like getting on a plane, it's like okay, um, group two, and Sarah's like, all right, um, I'm gonna run to the restroom real quick. Can you wash my stuff? And I want to be like, no, you can wash your own stuff because I'm ready to get on the plane. You know, it's, I don't know, what, it's just well, what's the hurry? What's the unless you need the overhead space? I've never understood the people who stand online to be the uh-huh. first person in their group to sit on a tiny seat for I don't know. any longer than I absolutely have to. I think it's just the it is the ultimate type A thing. When you call group two, like I am only really satisfied if I'm the first person to get on from group two. I don't know. It's a weird thing I have. Well, it's like the way they let you board early if you have young children. And okay, now that, let me board last. Right. <laughs> Every minute but, you know, on the plane is torture. Why do I want to extend that? So are you trying to tell me that the Shinkles are the family, that they've gotten to like group eight and anyone who thinks they want to go to Phoenix, come on. And then you guys are still waiting there like, now can we get on? Like we want to just slide on in right before the doors close. That's right. That's exactly mm. right. So uh, this segment is called What Do You Shink? And, you know, this whole thing, talking about technology and kids and theater experiences, what do you shink about the whole thing with movies not making their big release, you know, in the movie theaters right now? So we've seen this change happen. We talked about it a little bit last week, talking about the new, it's it's, it's the new Tom Hanks movie, right? Um, Straight to streaming. And I mean, now when you watch this thing, I mean, Everything about it, I mean, I watched it from the comfort of my bed, and um, but I still thought, oh my gosh, if you could really hear the sound as loud as I would like to if my kids were sleeping, if you could really hear it and feel the sound, I mean, like, that's what it's all about. But do you think this trend is going to stay? That's a good question. So that one's a little bit different, right? Because it went to a streaming service that if you subscribe to it, you have access. What will be interesting, and I, I think the jury is still out on this, is after a few more months of, you know, they've done these releases where you can rent them for 24 hours for $20, right? That's mm-hmm. how we watched yep. uh, Trolls 2 in our house and something else. I think that uh, that Pete Davidson movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Kings of uh, King of Staten Island. King of Staten Island. We did yeah. the same thing. Unimpressed with that, by the way. As yeah, I didn't think, yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was anything special. And I felt yeah. the same way about Trolls 2, by the way. But well, no we... It'll be interesting to see. I mean, you're right. The, 
the the companies, the production companies that create these films, they're going to do whatever makes the most money. And if this if this model of charging you twenty bucks to see it at home is as profitable as theatrical releases, then that's what they will continue to do. It'll crush movie theaters. Um, yeah. Kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, where only the premium experiences will survive. That it's like it's something that you and your husband or wife like to do to get out of the house, or it's something fun to go do with all the kids to to go sit down and see a new movie. Uh, but it, it to, I'm very interested to see what happens with it. I like the flexibility of if that's a movie that I just want to sit here at home in the comfort of my home and pay 20 bucks to see fine. And if I want to go out and spend, you know, upwards of 50 by the time you get movie tickets and a, and a Coke and a popcorn um, with my wife, then it's nice to have the option. I wouldn't be surprised if that model sticks around that for 20 bucks, you can rent these movies very close to the day of the theatrical release. Well, and, and also let's not pretend that movie theaters were already trying to figure out how to get people there. Remember, there was the whole thing, I think it was about two years ago, when they had the movie pass. Okay, so you get this movie pass. Yeah. I think it was like 80, 89, 99 or something. It's like 80 bucks. Okay, so that means you, in my mind, that means you need to see roughly like eight to 10 movies to make it make sense. All right. Um, and you had it on this debit card. Well, then so many people got it because on the front end, you could see whatever you wanted. Like you could go anytime, see whatever. Then it got to the point that it was only matinees, and then it was only certain times, and then it was certain movies, and then it got to the point where you might only have the option to see one movie, and trust me, it wasn't the one you wanted to see. Right. Um, you know, but it's almost like how we talked about last week about how cameras have gotten so much better because, you know, on the iPhone, the most powerful camera likely that you've ever owned is what you also make phone calls on. And so, you know, if we look at the home theater experience and see, like, you know, you don't even have to have a quote-unquote home theater with the, you know, rows of recliners that you used to have. I think of, like, I think of, um, what was that show called? Um, Like, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Oh, Where, right. you know, you're looking at these theater rooms, which a theater room is nice. I mean, good for you if you have one. But, I mean, it's now gotten to the point, like, you have a decent-sized TV, and you just put a sound bar on your mantle, and, I'm like, you have a pretty good experience just with that where maybe that's good enough for some people. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think for a lot of people it is. And then if you have some of the upgraded headphones that have the the built-in surround, whether it's the AirPods or the other over-the-ear headphones, then yep. you get a lot of bass. You don't, what you miss, like you said earlier, is that rumble that you can feel when something... I like, like to feel it in my chest. If you saw that movie Greyhound in a theater with with real bass happening um, when, you know, at key moments or when torpedoes go in the water, uh, you hear them zoom by and then the explosions. I think that that would be, it, it would definitely take that movie to the next level. I liked the film. I thought it was very good, but it would be a whole different experience in a theater, no doubt. Ryan Schinkel joins us. It is called What Do You Shink? And we're going to be talking about sports after a quick break. Ryan, big fan of baseball likes to see the Astros play. And um, there are some questions about... Great days start with Rob and Bernie six, on Acadiana's Morning News. Continue on Acadiana. And here it goes. I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid. I know that it's not fair. Nobody cares because I'm alone and the world is having more fun than 
It's Wednesday morning, and that means What Do You Shink with Ryan Shinkle. You may remember his voice. Um, he used to do Tech Tuesday with us. Um, he, he also took a ton of great drone shots for us uh, downtown a few uh, years ago. Ryan Shinkle, welcome into the show. Thanks, Rob. Happy great to be talking here. to you, as always. So we got off on a little bit of a tangent with the theater experience. But, you know, it's, it's what people are talking about right now. Something that's popular here in Acadiana um, the Grand over on Kali Saloon has done like massive renovations. And I actually had a friend who went last night and they went with one of these, um, you know, because you can still do like a private showing and it's for up to 20 people. It's a flat price and they have like a selection of movies that you can pick from. So they went just to just to experience the seats. Anyway, they said it's awesome. So once everything kind of opens back up, maybe that's something on our list. Um, something else that's opening up. Live sports are coming back. First of all, um, Shinko, what have you done with all this extra time you've had in your life? Like, what have you accomplished not watching sports? Because I can't think of a single thing, and honestly, I can't remember how I even had time to watch sports. Yeah, so I, it's interesting you said. I think that so I've beefed up my uh, my LinkedIn presence. I've oh. started a uh, a podcast. I've uh, put some new stuff into a into a new YouTube channel, which similar to the name of this show is playing off my name. I've got a new YouTube channel called Chink About It, mm-hmm. um, mostly on uh, you know my professional life, a little different than what we do here, but uh, business and sales strategy type stuff. Uh, so taking on a, some some new projects to fill my time, some new hobbies. Okay, so um, that leads us to the fall, and we're looking ahead now. We know football training camp is getting underway. Good news from the NBA yesterday that there is no coronavirus. There hasn't been any in uh, the last eight days, uh, positive coronavirus tests. So that means we may be getting closer to seeing some baseball or excuse me, some basketball. Um, But the conversation I want to have has to do with baseball. And, you know, we have heard the term sign stealing. We have heard it kind of looped into cheating And, you know, I I sent you a story that just kind of outraged me. And um, I don't even have the story up in front of me, but but here's the gist of it. And it it is talking about sign stealing and, you know, how many games Houston may have won because of some audible sounds coming from um, the dugout. You know, and I just feel like with this whole thing, we've we've always been doing this in baseball. Okay, we have, you know, um, the catcher. signaling the pitcher. Okay, if someone figures out your signal, how is that cheating? Why are we not just calling it bad signal calling? I mean, I'm I'm prepared to be put in my place about this, but I think it's about the dumbest thing. I could almost see deflate gate with the balls, um, the bounty gate with the saints. I mean, even though I think those are somewhat BS too, I can still at least see because there's something physical, but you're literally in this situation just talking about someone who's doing their job poorly. And that is just my opinion. I'll put the trademark on it and say uh, the station does not, uh, you know, believe yeah. in and, and support every opinion I have. But it, yeah. it just is something that bothers me. Well, Rob, uh, as as a as a longtime Astros fan, even moving around, I've always been an Astros fan, uh, and uh, you know, big time into their 2017 uh, World Series run. Uh, I will tell you, you are wrong on your opinion. I- Okay, you're, this, you're well, wrong. this is and the this last is, episode of What Are You Shinking? Yeah, look, this is why, okay? You're right. These things, for as long as there's been baseball, as long as there's been a catcher putting a, a, a number down to give the, the pitcher yeah. a, a sign, uh, there has been 
uh, cheating, if you will, or people playing in the fringes of trying to get the signs. And there's there's kind of a gentleman's code in baseball. There's a very, very old sport, right? You can't take out to the pitching mound any foreign substance to increase your grip, but for whatever reason, we've grandfathered in the rosin bag. That's okay to dry off your hands and give you better grip and get better spin yes. on the ball. So yes. there are certain things that are allowed. Look, if if you get on second base and you look in and you can see the pitchers putting down a one and you clapping one time lets the batter know what's coming or what you think is coming, that is acceptable. That is within the, the gentleman's agreement of of giving signs in baseball. The reason what the Astros did is so wrong is they took it to the next level of using technology, uh, telephoto lenses from different parts in the stadium to get the right angle. Uh, they scouted out the signs ahead of time and then relayed that into a guy sitting watching a monitor next to a trash can and then banging on the trash can to let the player know what's coming. That is so it's audible. It's that, audible. that is that is not within the spirit of the game. You know, here, here's a, a bad analogy off the top of my head, right? If the speed limit's 55 and you're doing 60, you're breaking the law, right? But you're probably not going to get pulled over. If you're doing 75, you're likely to get pulled over and get a big ticket. And that's what that's what this is like. Um, signaling from another player or if you're in the dugout and you see that the pitcher has a tell when he's about to tell a break uh, throw a breaking ball that's all human intelligence and i think that's the big difference is when you get outside of of people and you start using the technology like the red Sox got admonished or, or maybe the yankees excuse me for using the apple watches to convey pitches also okay. still cheating but nothing serious is ever going to happen to the yankees they're allowed to cheat that's okay so <laughs> so it both things are true okay so i said you're wrong but both things are true one they cheated right they absolutely cheated um two they were bad at it because if you read that article that you shared with me or several others i mean spend a little time on google and you'll find statisticians and the baseball numbers people saying um, that they really got no advantage and i've seen that article you sent me where they said that basically they broke down every time there was an audible bang from the dugout and it statistically resulted in three more hits over the course mm -hmm. of the season three hits now so, even and that, that could change a game i mean yeah, so they could they could be three game winning hits but we ran away with the division so even if those three hits uh directly resulted in three additional wins uh more than likely we still win the division now there has been some debate about how much this practice was done in the postseason although manfred the commissioner found that it did occur in the postseason uh to the best of my knowledge and you'll probably get a, a someone commenting in uh, on this conversation it didn't happen in the world series uh but what's really Really interesting is that they just did not gain a statistical advantage and that's what makes it so sad is yeah, is yeah. they cheated they completely sold out their integrity and really didn't gain an edge for it so you can well, sit back you, as an astros fan and say look yeah. well they would have won it anyway but in some ways doesn't that make it worse i mean the astros were leading because you didn't have to do it like exactly if, if you didn't have to do it then you're i mean it's how I, I often feel about a lot of things especially like a politician who doesn't want to answer a question it's almost like if you have nothing to lose and everything's on the up and up like why don't you call me back you the, know the, like and 
it's just how I feel about it. It was a great, it was a great ball club. They won more roads on more more games on the road than at home, and there was no cheating that happened on the road. Um, they the Astros had been leading baseball for years in at analytics and the money ball type of thing. That's what Jeff Luno was all about, and that's yep. why I mean. They were terrible, believe me. I remember them losing 100 games a few seasons in a row and, and stocking up draft picks and building a good farm club and bringing up the Springers and Altuves and, and Bregmans and those types of guys. And, and, they, and they sold their integrity for no return whatsoever. And it almost what, seems like, you know, just being at a, at a neutral place, at a neutral field. I mean, like, that's a, that's a huge argument for that. I mean, look at the... Look at the Super Bowl. I mean, how yep. how rare it is. I don't even know. I don't even know the stats. I'm sure I could find it really quickly about how many times it's happened that a host city actually had a team in the Super Bowl. You know, and it's never. It, 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 it has, has never not, happened. I don't think that it's ever happened. Um, I'm trying to remember if one of the first two with Green Bay, but I don't believe that that's. I do not believe that it's ever happened that a home but team you know, it, has it been puts in the you game. in a place. Now, sometimes you could make the argument that they have an advantage because either their fans are closer to one, you know, city or the other, which of course is going to happen. It's not like they're evenly yeah. distributed across the uh, country with well, the fans. The the World Series should be exactly what it is. I mean, I I was lucky enough this year, last year, twenty nineteen, I was able to go to games, uh, games one and seven of the World Series, and that environment just would not be the same if it was in a neutral place, especially over seven games. And and the Astros definitely yeah. should have won the twenty nineteen series. I mean, if you can't win one home game in a World Series, then which nobody did, and that's, and that's never happened before. But so Ryan Schinkle is falling on the sword here for his team. However, he's saying that they did it badly. So the criticism is is uh is it's valid. It's absolutely valid. And look, going back then, if you look at where Houston was in 2017, I mean, we had just had Hurricane Harvey, several people, you know, lost everything and having the Astros to look forward to every day mm-hmm. and a winning club was a real moral uplift for the city, which a lot of people here lived and died with that with that postseason yeah. run, yeah, and, and I'll tell well, you, I mean, it was like post Katrina New Orleans. I mean, it was that's a, right. It was the same feeling you had, you know. No, that's exactly right. Uh, that's that's a good analogy. So it was, uh, it was incredibly meaningful to the people here. They pulled off what they did, and it's incredibly disappointing that they used cheating methods to do something that we you know, are reasonably certain did not have an impact on them ultimately winning at all. And Yankees fans, I don't, you know, Yankees fans are the ones that get the loudest about this type of stuff, but we didn't, we didn't win the ALCS in 2017 because of sign stealing. We won the ALCS because the Yankees scored like four runs total in all the games here in Houston. They couldn't hit us. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter how many runs, you know, now maybe if they knew what pitches were coming, they would have. Maybe so. If they would have found a trash can, maybe so. Ryan Schinkle, the segment is What Do You Shink? And we're going to talk to you again next Wednesday. Um, maybe get into some dad stuff next week because it is one of those things we have in common. We often, who knows, maybe if we're sign stealing because every once in a while we kind of get in the corner and compare notes on things. Is your kid doing this? Because this is what I'm dealing with. What about this? Um, and maybe we'll talk about that and, and more, of course, next week if you're down for it. I'm down for it. You know, I've got a one-year-old girl, and you've got a couple daughters older, so I can use all the tips I can get. All I'm saying is just stay out of her way. Like, you're, you're, I don't have a son, but he has to be easier. He has to be 
more stable and and predictable. That's all I'll say. We'll talk about that okay. next. Brian <laughs> Schinkel. What do you shink? And we're back with more Acadiana's Morning News after this. Pull up a chair to our breakfast table. More bacon coming up on Acadiana's Morning News. <laughs> You're listening to American Ground Radio's Morning Minute. The Daughters of the Confederacy and the Caddo Parish Commission finally came to an agreement to move the Confederate monument that's in front of the Caddo Parish Courthouse. Okay, but where does any of this end? And I'll give you an example. The mayor of Baltimore agreed to take down their Civil War statues, but that wasn't good enough. The city council then not only voted to remove... But to destroy the statues. Look, folks, if a statue that has been standing in your city for years suddenly sends you into a destructive rage, then you're really determined to create a problem for yourself. And you know what? You'll likely create another problem even when it's gone. American Ground Radio, where building a better America begins with building a better us. Return each Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. with Louis R. Abalone and Stephen Paul. On News Talk 96.5 KPL and streaming live at KPL96.5.com. Hey guys, um, your dream car? Um, heads up, it's waiting for you, and it's over at Service Chevrolet Cadillac. The pre-owned center at Service Chevrolet Cadillac, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette, has something for everyone, something for every taste, something for every budget, and you can shop early before the showroom even opens at servicegm.com. And when I say something for everyone, I mean everything from trucks to SUV to luxury. Um, this Rob's Ride of the Week thing has been one of my favorite projects I've been a part of. I've driven Range Rovers, two different ones. There was a Maserati over there, not to mention um, Corvettes there, too. Um, they're all there for you. 1212 Ambassador Caffrey and online at servicegm.com. You know what you get when you buy from service? Exactly that. Good service. They know me over there. It's not just because I'm always in the service department. It's because when I make an appointment, someone's there with a smiling face and ready to take my car. 749 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Make sure you make some time to stop by Service Cadillac, Service Chevrolet in the pre-owned center today. People are often more aggressive in email than in person. But now, new research from Michigan State and California State Universities prove what we already suspected. The heaviest users of social media really are trolls. Your Wednesday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by T-Mobile. Their advanced network now goes farther than ever before. Visit tmobile.com slash 55 today. When I say the word troll, I'm using the exact word that 18 to 24-year-olds used in the study. The researchers found trolls have distinct personalities that enjoy angering and embarrassing others, that they're addicted to social media and who knows what else. Plus, they're more likely to be cruel, callous, and use others for personal gain. Left unsaid is that there's no reason to believe that this research is limited to 18 to 24-year-olds. In fact, it seems true of all ages. So the next time you're being harassed online or on social media, remember exactly who you're dealing with. I'm Kim Commando. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer, SimpliSafe. SimpliSafe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required, and there's no contract, 
No pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at $15 a month. See why U.S. News & World Report named SimpliSafe the best overall home security of 2020. Head to SimplySafeKim.com and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's SimplySafeKim.com. Media Minute with Howard Kurtz. President Trump sending in federal law enforcement agents to Portland, Oregon is controversial to say the least. But listen to some of the liberal media reaction. New York Times' Michelle Goldberg, Trump's occupation of cities has begun. Washington Post's Ruth Marcus, sweeping up random people who've exercised their rights under the First Amendment. This is not America. MSNBC's John Heilman, accusing Trump of a genuine attempt through intimidation, potentially through force, to steal this election. The president, you don't have to get unnamed sources. He makes very clear that he wants this political fight. He says these big cities are all run by very liberal Democrats, by the radical left. If Biden got in, he says, that would be true for the country. The whole country would go to hell. The president also threatening to follow up and send agents to Chicago, to New York, to Philadelphia, and other big cities. Now, people, the media need to recognize, are worried about lawlessness and crime and riots and just plain old summer violence. At the same time, there are legitimate questions to be asked about the tactics of these agents. With your Media Minute, Howie Kurtz, Fox News. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, oh, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. All morning long, traffic you can depend on on Acadiana's Morning News. It's nine. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. He ran for state office and was beaten. Started a business and failed. Ran for Congress and lost. But thankfully, Abraham Lincoln didn't give up. Persistence. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. This is Fox on Justice, a crime that didn't exist until this year, trying to steal coronavirus research information. The Justice Department accuses two hackers working from China of accessing American companies involved in research on the virus. The campaign targeted intellectual property and confidential business information held by the private sector, including COVID-19 related treatment, testing and vaccines. John Demers is Assistant Attorney General for National Security. The indictment says the hackers also went after non-COVID sites, either for personal gain or to help the Chinese government. The Trump administration, which frequently mentions that the virus originated in China, says the hackers were trying to help China deal with the outbreak and get in front in the race for a vaccine. 
No information was actually stolen. China denies it all, says the U.S. is playing politics. The two men are in China, and it's unlikely they'll ever face charges here. With Fox on Justice, Hank Weinblum, Fox News. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. News Talk 96.5 KPEL Brobridge Lafayette. Pack up and go. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. The Chinese consulate in Houston is suddenly ordered closed. The State Department says a closure is meant to protect American intellectual property and Americans' private information and comes after local media in Houston reported bins on fire at the Chinese consulate. Witnesses reported the smell of paper burning as local officials were kept outside. The Chinese Foreign Ministry calls the closure an outrageous and unjustified move which will sabotage China-U.S. relations and is calling for the decision to be reversed, warning Beijing could take necessary countermeasures. Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. Federal officers again used tear gas on protesters in Portland, Oregon. Acting U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan objects to those officers being referred to as secret police. They're professional federal law enforcement personnel. They've got patches on them. They've got patches that represent CBP, uh, Border Patrol. They have police on the front and the back that clearly identifies them as police, as federal agents. He was on Fox and Friends. Some protesters say they've been detained by federal officers in unmarked vehicles nowhere near any federal facilities. It's been reported that President Trump opposes more funding for coronavirus testing in the next financial package being worked on in Congress, but he says at a White House briefing. I think that uh, we are doing tremendous amount of testing, but if, if, the, if the doctors and the professionals feel that even though we're at a level that nobody ever dreamt possible, that they would like to do more, I'm okay with it. Some people in Alaska take shelter after a tsunami warning lifted two hours after an earthquake off the coast. Randy Baldwin with the U.S. Geological Survey says it was a strong one, magnitude 7.8. This quake happened about 200 miles southwest of Kodiak Island, south of the Alaska Peninsula area. There are no reports of damage or injuries. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. And other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. 
Freeway negotiations on coronavirus relief. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. The White House, some Senate Republicans and Democrats are pushing different priorities. There are several sticking points. Republicans are demanding legal protections for schools and businesses, something Democrats oppose. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I won't put a bill on the floor that doesn't have liability protection in it. Lawmakers also disagree on expanded unemployment assistance. House Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries. It would be cruel-hearted and callous to cut off the extended and expanded unemployment benefits. Democrats and Republicans agree Americans should get more direct payments, but details are up in the air. Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. The daily coronavirus death toll in the U.S. had 1,000 again, the most since April. President Trump says at a White House briefing. It's a nasty, horrible disease that should have never been allowed to escape China, but it did. And it infected the world, and the world is suffering, but we're going to get it taken care of. He says he'll be back holding coronavirus briefings more often again. The Chinese consulate in Houston is ordered closed by Friday over what the State Department calls spying and influence operations. The FBI says it was about a year-long secret investigation leading to the arrest of Ohio's Republican House Speaker. Larry Householder and four lobbyists charged with accepting millions of dollars to help a utility company win a $1 billion state bailout. These allegations are bribery. Pure and simple. This was a quid pro quo. U.S. Attorney David DeVillers says nearly $61 million was transferred into Householder's political nonprofit. Some of the money, the feds say, paid off his Florida vacation home. Though not named in the criminal complaint, First Energy is the company that got the bailout. Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine calling on Householder to resign. His one-word answer? No. In Ohio, Jack Callahan, Fox News. America's listening to Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good morning, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Wednesday morning here with your update. High today, 93 degrees. Your full forecast is coming up. A 25-year-old inmate died on Tuesday at the Iberia Parish Jail. Around 345 yesterday, jail staff found a male inmate unresponsive in his cell. Life-saving measures were attempted by the staff to save his life, but... They were unsuccessful. The inmate, whose identity has not been released, was later pronounced dead. A now former Generette police officer is under scrutiny over allegations he blackmailed a woman for sex and money following a traffic stop last month. The woman alleged that the officer pulled her and a companion over on a traffic stop, purportedly for a broken headlight. The woman, identified only as Claire, reported she had a controlled substance in the vehicle as well. An investigation is underway. You can find more about this story at kpel965.com. An area of disturbed weather that forecasters with the National Hurricane Center have been monitoring since the past weekend, slowly spinning its way across the Gulf of Mexico this morning. The system will likely be a catalyst for more rain and thunderstorms across South Louisiana over the next few days as it moves slowly towards the middle Texas coast. Hurricane Center forecasters still do not give the system much of a chance to strengthen Although the system is moving through an area of the Gulf where that could happen, water's really warm. Qualifying for the November ballot begins at 8 a.m. today at the Secretary of State's office in Baton Rouge. And as of now, Republican Senator Bill Cassidy does not face a major Democratic challenger. Outgoing State Democratic Party Director Stephen Hanwork says, We may be surprised by a prominent member of the party signing up this week due to the high level of energy in the party right now. He noted that more Democrats voted in the recent presidential primary than Republicans did. Antoine Pierce, a Baton Rouge activist, a New Orleans teacher, Peter Winstrup, 
are the two announced Democrats so far. Shreveport Mayor Adrian Perkins' name has also come up as a possible challenger. New Orleans Police Chief Tim McConnell says one of the bodies that has been trapped in the Hard Rock Hotel collapse site is likely to be recovered by the end of the week and the other by the middle of next week. McConnell says the rubble has been very delicate and potentially dangerous to recovery workers. It's been 10 months since the construction site partially collapsed, killing three people. Governor John Bell Edwards announced yesterday the state will remain in phase two for at least two more weeks. That will go until Friday, August 7th. The state reported 36 more COVID-19 deaths yesterday to bring the state's death toll to just under 3,500. The 36 deaths recorded over the last 24 hours is the highest since May 22nd when the state reported 39 deaths in a single day. Over the past 10 days, the percentage of positive cases has averaged just under 10%. Monroe has a brand new mayor, and with the swearing-in of Friday Ellis, he takes the position after defeating Jamie Mayo, who held the position for 19 years. Ellis says he's confident in his ability to tackle the issues voters have voiced their concerns about while on the campaign trail. Reducing crime and flooding, creating a better quality of life, and jump-starting our economic development. And I have high hopes that very soon you will begin seeing proof that we are honoring those commitments. Ellis says the city will now embark on a journey that will create more jobs and move the area forward. I share high hopes today with you. High hopes for a city that is safe, high hopes for a city that is prospering, and high hopes for a city that provides the best service for all of its residents. Ellis won on the July 11th election as an independent and says it's an honor to get to serve in the role. It is my charge to care for this city just like I care for my family. I promise you that I will serve you well. The Southwestern Athletic Conference has decided to postpone its whole fall sports season all the way to the spring. Jeff Palermo has more on the story. Grambling President Rick Gallo says the leaders of the 10 schools in the SWAC made the decision to move football and the other fall sports to the spring. The safety of our uh, of our students will be paramount in any decision we make. The SWAC plans to play a seven-game football schedule in the spring, and Southern Athletics Director Roman Banks hopes it will be safe enough for fans to be in the stands. This is the best scenario, and it's going to give us a chance to all be able to reunite in a grand way. And Banks says the seven-game schedule will include the Bayou Classic. I'm Jeff Palermo. Now in some national headlines for the first time in two weeks, the daily death toll from COVID-19 in the U.S. exceeded 1,000. Johns Hopkins University reports that 1,056 deaths as of Tuesday night had been recorded with nearly 63,000 new cases. The last time the death toll jumped above 1,000 was on July 7th. A tsunami warning was called off in southern Alaska. The magnitude 7.8 earthquake is what caused it. It happened on the Alaska Peninsula, prompting that warning last night. The USGS says the quake struck shortly after 11 p.m. Pacific time and was felt as far away as Anchorage. There have been no reports of damage or injuries. The Pentagon says it will continue to send military gear to local and state police departments despite public criticism over a program. The Senate voted Tuesday on a proposed amendment that would have stopped the Pentagon from sending tear gas, stun grenades, and firearms over 50 calibers to local law enforcement. A Senate vote on the amendment fell short of the 60 votes needed to pass. The mayor of Jacksonville, Florida, is among those concerned with the safety of the Republican National Convention. Mayor Lenny Curry said yesterday more resources are needed to help prepare for the event. Curry's comment came a day after Sheriff Mike Williams said the city is not prepared to host an event to that size. And finally, Sir Paul McCartney calling for a historic bridge in Selma, Alabama to be renamed after the late Congressman John Lewis. The civil rights icon passed away last week at the age of 80. 
Lewis was part of the famous 1965 march over the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. You're up to date. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Well, the last couple of days, we've dealt with a tropical wave that has sat just off the coast of Texas. That now moving out of the way, and we're in between waves right now here in Acadiana, which means a little drier. Today may not feel like it, though. Rain chance is still going to be sitting at about 40 to 50 percent. Scattered showers out there through the afternoon. A mixture of sunshine and clouds with highs getting up to around 93 degrees later on today. Winds will be from the east-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour, and those overnight lows are going to sink down to around 76. Looking ahead through the rest of the week, starting tomorrow afternoon and going all the way through into Saturday and even Sunday, you'll be talking on again, off again. Showers, mostly cloudy skies, heavy rainfall at times, really picking up for both Friday and Saturday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 78 degrees. Weather brought to you by Ross Tire and Service. Hey, are you looking for a group of people who will learn about your vehicle? You know, most of us are trying to keep our vehicles a little bit longer. And you need to have a partner in that. So make Ross Tire and Service your partners. Whether you're getting an oil change or you need a tune-up for the air conditioner. Look, they'll get to know your vehicle and get to know you and what you expect from them. And also what your actual budget is. So you can get a timeline set up for all the different things you'll need for your vehicle over time, especially if it's a vehicle for one of the kids or one that you share with the kids. Ross Tire and Service conveniently located at 2214 Cully Saloon Road. You can call 984-0099, 984-0099, Ross Tire and Service. They will be there for you and get you back out driving around and you know you're going to be comfortable. Because you got Ross Iron Service. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. Right now, no traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Make sure that you're buckling up and keeping it safe out there. Our traffic updates being brought to you by the podcast Forgotten Women of Juarez. The new podcast Forgotten Women of Juarez investigates a series of murders that have haunted the U.S.-Mexico border. You can listen to Forgotten, the women of Juarez, Mexico, wherever you get your Topic Train is running right on time. Driven by Bruce Hart Poche, LLP, Certified Public Accountants. I don't know if we should call it the Topic Train or the Crazy Train. I don't know what's oh, no. going on anymore. Yeah. I got one leg. By the way, did you see I did put on pants today? I did not notice. I'm, How did you I'm do actually that? wearing pants today, and I'm not wearing a hat. So you know what? I'm ready to take okay. on the day. I will also Where tell you. Where are you going? You, well, I will also tell you. Because lunch is coming to you today. I know, but you know what? I'm celebrating someone's birthday. Oh. So I have to, guess what? I'm doing two lunches today. I didn't have lunch yesterday. I saved my lunch go. credit. That was good. That was so good I'm going to be having pizza artista today and then going out with a friend to, for lunch for his birthday. Oh. Anyway, it all, you know, things just collide. The universe collides. 
But um, I decided not to wear a hat today, mm-hmm. and you're very lucky. Because you know what I woke up thinking? It's the end of the road for the beard. I really thought it was going to be gone, then I ran out of time. So it lives for one more day. So take all your pictures. I think, I, I think I've had enough of it. Anyways, I feel like a mountain man. It's just not my, it's just not me. Anyways, um, okay, Major League Baseball is um, allowing you to cheer and clap from home. How, Rob, do you How ask? How is that going to work? Okay, so um, the chaos, which is that's what I'm calling it, not the fun, the chaos. Right, the um, chaos. It's going to happen on the MLB website and the game day app Yeah. Um, through social media links. Essentially, you see a live stream of the game. Okay. You can click cheer, boo, and clap. When things happen. And are they going to put that on the loudspeakers? Because that's what I would want to know. You know, it, it's, un, it's unclear. Okay. I think it's just for other people watching. Okay. So you're all watching. It's sort of like you're all on this Zoom call and everyone's yeah. just saying their things. Which is fun. That's fun. But it'd be a better element, too, if it had it wherever they're playing the game. If, because the, if the players. If the players do something awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, well, but I mean, hey, there's that aspect. That's fun. You know, people are looking forward to something. Heck yeah. They want to be involved in I'm going to watch baseball. Because you know what? <laughs> We've reached the bottom of the beer barrel. You know what we started watching in my house yesterday? Uh-huh. What happened? Indian matchmaking on Netflix. It is, is it interesting? It is very interesting because, you know, Indian society, you are normally arranged. Sure. Okay. And so they actually have two categories. They have marriage and they have love marriage. Love marriage, you can do, but it's not that it's looked down upon, but people in that society think it's never going to work because you're only living for each other, okay, and yourself. Do you know, I'll be honest, I'm sort of on board with this, with the arranged part, okay? Now, it's no, like, child brides, okay? Everyone is of age, okay? Right, right, right. It's not anything weird. But you know the mindset about the arranged marriage is that you are taught that it's actually two families that get married right and you're the linchpin mm-hmm. like you're the one mm-hmm. and so basically everyone so they integrate like younger people who are kind of their parents are looking for someone to marry their son or daughter off right. to because that's how it goes then you have people who have also been married in those situations for like 30 and 40 years and they think it was perfect like they think it's all about god anyway mm-hmm. so god's gonna bring you together and your family's How fascinating. Also, that your families know more about what you need. Well, think about than it. You know what you it's need. It's hard to be honest with yourself of what kind of you know partner you do need. Yeah. What kind of spouse do you need? I have found Can it you very see yourself interesting. Clearly, I'm and going so, to watch that show now. So Sarah and I started. We watched the first okay. episode. All right. Then she fell asleep. And I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> no, I know. Because you want to know happens. how the lives of these people turn out. How it works. Because do, if you would have told me so, the arranged marriage thing, yeah. I would have said terrible it's never gonna work right. it's abuse okay so do they but talk to it. people who are unhappy though also so they do talk to people who were divorced like who okay because you can get divorced yeah. yeah and um and they talk to people and usually it's because they just weren't compatible long term maybe they were perfect for each other then mm-hmm. um but you know it's very because there, there's a lot of like physical things that go with it i mean mm-hmm. like a, f- a family is gonna pick a pretty girl Right. Or their son, you right. know, and so there's a lot of pressure on the girls to make sure that they are pretty and thin. Well, and... the word that was coming to mind was marketable because that's literally what it is. I mean, it's wow. like, anyway, it's on. What is What did I tell you? It's on um, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Indian matchmaking. 
I mean, Indian it is pre- matchmaking. It's, it's fascinating. It sounds like it is. Anyway, um, and uh, more people. This is another thing I've had in my stack. Okay, uh, more people more likely to be addicted to social media if they're mean. Sounds about right. New study found if you enjoy making feel pe- making people feel angry or embarrassed, <laughs> you're most likely to be addicted to social media. Okay, that would totally explain some of the things. Yeah, you know what they call it? Uh huh. Doom scrolling. <laughs> I love because it. you just can't get enough of scrolling through all the bad news. Right. I'll tell you, it's why I stay away from Twitter. I moved it to like the fourth page of apps on my iPhone. Yeah. Because when you go to Twitter, you just uh-huh. basically get people. I'm not going to use <laughs> once again. I'm not using the real word, but they're just complaining about something. Right. Like very little is someone on Twitter saying, they're I hope everyone has a great day. Moaning about stuff. That's yes. what it is. Moaning. Mm. Anyways, um, 8.22 now at News Talk 96.5. KPL coming up. please. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, our interview with Matthew Block from the governor's office. We get to talk about a number of issues, including the mask I... mandate and also the numbers and what his thoughts are on people really not trusting the numbers because yes. there's no third party group. Right. Who's like filtering through them. So we talk about all that and more. Coming up on Acadiana's Morning Day. We were talking about hurricane season, but the pandemic also going on. And, um, you know, we have really high importance on keeping people safe. The folks at Restoration Pros have done it for us here at the radio station. And, you know, they can do it for you, your business. Kent Sonier joins us on the phone. First of all, Kent, good morning to you. Thanks for waking up early with us today. Good morning, Rob. So tell me a little bit about what this is, because, you know, Often, I think you end up with these situations where you either need someone for your business or or maybe you have something in, in a home that just needs to be. And it's just a huge project you can't tackle. And that's where Restoration Pros swoops in and and takes care of it. So tell us about your services and really why people are calling you right now. All right. So we've been pretty busy uh, lately with the uh, pandemic going on. We have a specialized disinfectant cleaning that we're offering. Um, it is um, a specialized cleaning service. We uh, use the electrostatic fogging um, to spread our chemicals into the building. Um, and we use a, a bio-esque uh, chemical, which is, uh, you know, uh, it's not harmful to people, pets, uh plants and you know all of the stuff that uh you want to protect uh we come in we fog the building we do a wipe down up to six feet that's all your touch points um we make sure that everything gets mopped out we use hepa vacs for carpet we set up air scrubbers to uh scrub the air it moves about a thousand cfm per minute or uh, cubic feet per minute so we can uh, trap whatever's in the in the atmosphere of the uh, house room facility through uh, the HEPA filters and uh, we get you cleaned up you know it's a it's an important time right now because so many businesses are considered essential and then the workers that are inside are also essential I mean Kent uh, people would probably argue I'm not very essential because they're tired of hearing me yap every single day but, you know, we're keeping the community informed. And so we have to be here. And Bernie has to be here. And Brandon has to be here. You guys had those filters in our building. And I walked in one day, and you they weren't so loud that you couldn't, you know, operate. Okay? So there you had, I think, three or four of them in our building. 
And it just gave it this kind of like this draft where you could feel that the air was just cleaner. It wasn't stagnant. That's important right now because of COVID-19 and how it spreads and the possibility that could be in the air. That's correct. Um, well, we, well, we, we work, we put together a, uh, uh, a system of our cleaning methods to, uh, you know, clean the air. And with, after we're finished with our service, uh, with proper mitigation, wearing masks, uh, cleaning up after yourselves, we all also left y'all some disinfectant spray, yeah. hand yeah. sanitizer. Um, if, if these uh, mitigation methods are, are used after we leave the building, it gives you a good, clean surface to, uh, to, to properly mitigate. It's a, it's a great service. Kent Saunier from Restoration Pros, part of Duset Services, offering complete repair and reconstruction services from a state licensed contractor. Duset Services and Restoration Pros, everything you need to repair or restore. Write this number down. If you need a, a, a cleaning job like we've been talking about at your office, your home, a school, a daycare, any other building, the number is 210-1270. That's 210-1270 here in Acadiana. You can also go to restorationprosla.com. Kent, thanks so much for your time, sir. And I know it's a busy time, but thanks for what you do. Uh, no problem, Rob. We're here. We're here for people when they need it. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. Um. A mixture of sunshine and clouds out there today with your highs getting up to around 93 degrees. Winds from the east-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows down to around 76. Rain chances today sit at about 40 to 50 percent. Showers are going to stay widely scattered. They do become a little more numerous and uh, much more widespread as you get towards the end of the week. Thursday all the way through into Saturday with a tropical wave moving just south of Louisiana. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Double checking what's happening with our traffic at this hour. No traffic crashes, no breakdowns. Make sure that you're buckling up and keeping it safe out there. Our traffic update brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Mark your calendars. Express Employment Professionals is once again hosting National Interview Day on August the 6th. ExpressPros.com slash interview day to find a location near you. From the ESPN 1420 Sports Center, Greg Larner. Good morning from the ESPN 1420 Sports Center. Louisiana Raging Cajun sophomore offensive lineman Osiris Torrance was selected to the 2020 Outland Trophy watch list on Tuesday. He's one of 21 offensive guards and only one of five from the Sun Belt to be named to this list, which watches out for the best interior lineman in college football. In case you missed it around the NFL, there will be no preseason games this coming season. And the idea of no fans in the stands is still being mulled over by many teams. Around the NBA, the new courts for the season restart were revealed in Orlando in the bubble on Tuesday. And on them in big black letters along the hardwood, red Black Lives Matter. Finally, Major League Baseball is set to return tomorrow. But on Monday night, history was made when Giants assistant coach Alyssa Nacken got an opportunity late in the game to coach first base, becoming the first female to ever do so. Congrats, Alyssa. And that's a look at sports. I'm Greg Leonard on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette.
Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. On Tuesday, longtime Village Voice editor Pete Kotz posted an online piece, Dear America, five better places to target the next time you go rioting. Now, this guy says that his readers need a better strategy. Don't torch the auto zone. Don't torch a local bar. You use them. Instead, he said, rioters ought to attack five places that make America not great. First, to get back at the NRA, Kotz says that his readers ought to torch the local gun shop instead of burning down restaurants. Next, says the University of Phoenix should be targeted because they supposedly fool kids who have no business going to college to get worthless degrees while getting buried in debt. Then comes Wells Fargo, the nation's fourth largest bank, a symbol of unequal justice, according to Mr. Kotz. Rioters should take revenge. Next up, rioters ought to find the nearest Amazon warehouse and burn it down. Jeff Bezos and his buddies are guilty of weaponizing technology against their own workers. They come close to recreating a plantation economy. And last but not least, Kotz says that J.P. Morgan should be attacked since they're the biggest American bank and criminal enterprise. Now, he may pretend it's all a joke, but it isn't. This is what's inside these twisted, deranged liberal minds, and it's now on American streets. It's serious stuff. Sometimes in life, it's easy to settle for good enough. But with identity theft protection, good enough isn't enough. Data breaches appear to be happening more and more, placing your data in the wrong hands, and that leads to identity theft. Now, if you're only monitoring your credit, you could miss certain threats, like somebody selling your info on the dark web. LifeLock sees a wide range of identity threats. And if you end up with an identity theft issue, a restoration specialist dedicated to your case will work to fix it. Now, look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all the transactions at all businesses, but Shouldn't you have identity theft protection that's better than just good enough? Go to lifelock.com or call them at 800-440-4833. Use my name as the promo code. That's Rush. Save up to 25% off your first year. Lifelock.com. Promo code Rush. 25%. You ran for state office and was beaten. Started a business and failed. Ran for Congress and lost. But thankfully, Abraham Lincoln didn't give up. Persistence. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. It's open enrollment season, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that saves most families about $500 a month. Google MediShare and see if it's a fit for you. Matthew Block joins us this morning from the governor's office. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Brown. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm hoping that we can clear up some questions that people have and and also address some concerns that people have, quite frankly. I want to start with the mask mandate and the question of enforcement. It's the it's like the first question that comes up at these press conferences. It was the first question that was asked last weekend when the mask mandate was announced by the governor. And, and where are we on that? Because there has been back and forth, as everyone listening probably knows, between the attorney general and the governor, specifically on the issue of enforcement. Well, well first, in, 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 before I get to the issue of enforcement, I just mm-hmm. want to talk about how important the, the that masks are. And, and this is not something that's, that's 
the, the governor is coming up with. This is something that the public health experts around the country, including Louisiana, are saying that it's critically important to finding our way out of this and being able to make sure we can we can continue to reopen and continue to have some some semblance of what what we life looked like back before COVID came along. And so we, we know that masks work. Now I know there was some confusion early on in the in the messaging we were receiving from the public health experts about whether masks were required and, and we all know that they, there was a, a severe shortage in masks and that led to some of the confusion about the messaging from that we were receiving from the public health health experts in Washington early on. But now everybody is unanimous that masks work, masks are needed, and there is a specific recommendation for Louisiana from the White House that there be a mask mandate in Louisiana, including the other things that the governor's done, unlimiting crowd sizes and and to to close bars. Those are all specific recommendations from the White House for it to happen in Louisiana. On, on the issue of enforcement, the way the governor structured the order is that everyone is required to to wear a, a face covering when they will be within six feet of someone else outside of their immediate family. The, the enforcement provision is for the, those businesses or organizations that will have individuals who either work there or have members of the public where they can't socially distance, they're required to have policies so that when people come in, they are wearing masks. That's what's required, that, that if a business is going to be open and have employees or individuals work who are members of the public come in, they're required to have a, a, a policy that, that people wear masks. And that's what's going to be enforced. If someone comes in and, and if an individual comes in and they're not wearing a mask and they say, look, I have some medical condition or I fit one of the other one of the other exceptions outlined in the order that I'm not required to wear a mask, the business is allowed to rely on that individual statement. The business is not going to get in trouble, is not going to be in violation of the governor's order. If they, if they rely on that statement from, from the individual, they don't have to have a doctor's excuse. They don't have to have proof that business is entitled to rely on that. That's the, the way that we, that we can make sure that we have compliance with this by requiring businesses to do that. And I think what you've seen, certainly what I've seen, is that we, we have had near universal adoption of that in the, the number of businesses, the number of individuals in businesses in the last week has changed dramatically in, in who is wearing masks and who is not. And that's going to be a good thing because it's going to help slow, slow this down. Well, yeah, the, and the change has definitely happened. I mean, even, I'll be honest, back in the height of things when, you know, I would say maybe April, maybe mid to late April, you know, you'd go to a store and it was it was still half and half. I mean, you, about half the people were going in wearing them, about half were not. You have a lot of stores where people started wearing them earlier before it was mandated. Um, is that a good sign? I mean, is does the governor recognize that, that I think people are taking to it? Even people who you know, three weeks ago were like, no, it's not my thing. I mean, we even had early on with the mask mandate about, you know, talking about infringement on rights and, and different things like that. 
Then you have the president yesterday in, you know, the first briefing in a really long time saying, look, here's my mask. And, you know, conceding that it, it does work and and it's something if, if not if not perfect, it's something. Look, there's there's no doubt there's been a change. And I think part of it, the, the change that, that we have seen is because of the messaging that's come from from the, the president and in the White House. Look, when when the vice president came here um, last week, he got off the plane wearing a mask. The whole congressional delegation, including the governor, were there to greet him all wearing masks. It's, it's really important that, that people see from, from the, the leadership of the state and from the country that this works. And, and this, is the, this is one of the, the big important measures we can take to be able to reverse the, the unfortunately, the second spike that we have seen in, in this month as, as, as cases have in, increased dramatically and we are we're now nearing hospitalization numbers that that we're not there yet, but we are certainly seeing increasing hospitalization numbers back to some areas of what we we saw back in March and April, including in Acadiana, by the way, which is which is a, a been a very concerning area of the state for for the last several weeks now in terms of our the number of cases, the positivity rate. Which is the the number the percentage of of positives with all the new testing that is done the positivity rate has been something that's been been the White House has paid particular attention to in Louisiana and that is something they're very concerned about and then the number of hospitalizations all of which we are seeing increasing in throughout the state we we have a statewide problem in Louisiana which is unlike what all those all the other states around us are seeing you know um, texas arkansas alabama mississippi all states which have now done the taken the exact same measures that the governor has of of requiring masks and limiting crowd sizes closing bars or at least texas and and florida have done the the bar closures so they, let me, they see the same yeah. same things we do I hear you. Uh, so Matthew Block joins us uh, from the governor's office. I want to ask specifically about numbers. So um, right next door in Texas, about 3,500 positive cases were pulled off of their totals um, in the state. And you know, the folks who are looking at this say it's because there is a third party group who's looking at these numbers in the state of Louisiana. There's been some criticism by a couple parishes that their numbers are inflated. Red River Parish was the first one. I believe the second was Wachita Parish. And looking at those, and at this point, there is no really third party other than the governor's office and the Department of Health looking at these numbers. So how can people in Louisiana be confident that these numbers are right, that there's not duplicates, that someone having five tests is not counted five times? How is that being checked? I mean, is there a way publicly that we can see? I know there's a lot of privacy issues with health care, but people are, are concerned and, and think that there's definitely an uptick well so first off we, we've conducted over 1.1 million tests in this state louisiana from the very beginning was very aggressive about testing and, and i think either louisiana is is either first or second in the number of per capita tests we we have done so louisiana had a very aggressive testing 
regime from the beginning, which means we were doing a lot of tests and getting a lot of results. And so, as you can imagine, this is something where the reporting is done on a on a daily basis. We had a we had a goal of doing two hundred thousand tests in in um, in July. We that, in June that was exceeded. Right now we had the same goal, and we're over three hundred fifty thousand tests in July so far. So it's a lot of data that is being processed by the Department of Health every day for daily reporting. But what a big part of that effort is making sure to address that very concern that you just mentioned of making sure that there are no duplicates. So what what we can be certain of is that every positive that is reported is not a duplicate because there's a tremendous deduplication effort that goes through by the department because it gives the department no benefit to to have bad information out there. There's no addiction. I know there's been some some um, discussion on social media and things like this that and somehow the state gets more money if there are more positives and that's just not true. There's no there's no benefit to anyone to have bad inf- information out there. The, the, in the case of Red River Parish, you mentioned that there was some um, sleuthing done up there by, by the, the governmental teams up there where they, they thought that they had duplicated numbers. The numbers in Red River, the numbers anywhere are not duplicated. There, those are, I think, Red River Parish's is up to about 131 people who have tested positive. All of those people are separate individual people who have separate birthdays, separate names, separate addresses. That's all stuff that the Department of Health has has um, information about. And so we're working through with the, those local governmental entities to be able to explain to them the process, the way that the data has been reported over time has changed. And we think that that has led to some of the confusion on, on the local level. But I can assure you, I can assure the your, your listeners, there's no benefit to having wrong numbers out there for anybody. And so we want to make does, sure that we be as transparent about that as possible. Yeah, I mean, it builds I'm, distrust in, in the whole process because... You know, we're, we're focusing on so many different things. When we first started out, we were focused on cases. Now it sort of seems like the more reliable metrics is hospitalizations and death. But then that doesn't even tell the story because are the people hospitalized there for two weeks or are they there for two days? Are you guys at the governor's office looking to see what other states are doing? Because, I mean, I hate to keep talking about Texas. People seem to be pretty pleased with how their reporting is being done. They came out and said, we found these duplicate errors because we're letting a third party oversee it. Is there any consideration in our state to let a third party look at these numbers and to make sure the deduplication efforts, as you said, are actually being done? Well, look, we're, we're going to continue to, I mean, we, we this whole process began back in on March 9th for us when we reported our, our first case. And, and soon thereafter, Louisiana had one of the first transparent publicly facing websites in the country that reported the the data but we've looked this is a, a plane that we've been building as we've been flying it and so we we know that that there can always be ways to have better reporting more information that gets reported and more transparency and more more accountability to that information so that that's always something that 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 we're evaluating the of course the most important mission that we all have is making sure that we can reverse the the trends on on the 
this most recent spike of, of the virus. And so that's the, our, the, the mission number one to be able to do that. But, but that is something we, we will, of course, be looking at ways that we can have more, more confidence in, in the public numbers that, that are coming out. And so everything we can do to, to, in, to have the public assured that the data that's being reported, that's, of course, what we're going to be doing. Uh, we're joined by Executive Counsel Matthew Block. And Matthew, I appreciate your time. We have about a minute and 30 seconds left. I just want to um, just ask about the ongoing back and forth with the Attorney General. We have letters sent back and forth. Um, you know, you have the governor mentioning sort of the disagreement here. Where does the buck stop? Because we, we know that the Attorney General's office is, you know, the, the legal counsel for the state of Louisiana. The opinion that came out, it was sent to the group of Republicans who is looking to make the changes to the emergency declaration or the emergency order. Um, where does it stop? Because it, it, it sort of seems like we're all just, I don't know, kind of hovered over a, over two cats just fighting, you know, and, and I don't know how much good that does us in the state. Well, I don't think it does as much good at all. And, and I think it's unfortunate because early on, the, the, the attorney general appeared at a, a press conference with the governor and said that um, the, the measures that the governor had taken, which at the time were more restrictive, um, were, were constitutional, were, um, were advisable, and that he, he agreed with them. And in fact, he even said, and I think the governor can even be more restrictive. That's what the attorney general said back in March. Obviously, something changed for him. I'm not sure exactly what that is um, in, in the meantime. But the, the point you're making is, is the correct one, which is we, we, are, we have seen tremendous cooperation in this state between Republican and Democratic officials alike because we know this is not a, a Republican virus, Democratic virus. We know that we all need to work together to, to be able to fix this. And, and we need to continue that level of cooperation that we saw back early on in, in response to this. We, with regard to the, the um, who, where does the buck stop? I mean, it, at the end of the day, it, the, the governor is the one that is required to make the decisions about the, the emergency. And the attorney general has an opinion. He's entitled to his opinion, but it's just that it's an opinion. And it, it, the, the governor's order is is still in effect, and, and as he announced yesterday, it's going to be renewed on Friday for an additional two weeks, so we can get some more data to see what what is working. Because we do not need right now. The 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 attorney general said a couple of times in his two letters that there are no clear benchmarks, et cetera. That's just not true, and it's fundamentally not true. The 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 benchmarks that were set out by the White House on the the opening up America again plan require and they, they, that's published it's been clear every state has has adopted those standards including Louisiana they require two weeks of downtrends on cases on positivity rates on in that you don't you aren't nearing crisis care in your hospitals Louisiana does not meet any of those measures right now to move into in into phase three. It's just a, a fact and anybody who would review those, those clear um, those clear benchmarks that were required to move into a new phase would, would, would have to acknowledge that. And so we, we have been following the guidelines set out by the White House from the very beginning in constant communication with the vice president, with Dr. Burks, with Dr. 
Um, Fauci, the vice president, said last week when he came here that he fully supported the efforts, including the mask mandate, including the bar closures that that the governor had had ordered. And those those recommendations are one that we know can work to re- reverse the the increases that we have seen lately in this second spike. All right, Matthew Block from the governor's office and the legal staff there. Thanks so much for your time. Um, I know it was quick, but we had to kind of address several different things, and hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again soon. We appreciate it. I'd be happy to do it anytime. I appreciate you having me on, Rob. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542. 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app, free in the App Store or Google Play. Get the best sleep of your life. Helix makes personalized mattresses to fit your unique body type and sleep preferences. Go to helixsleep.com and get up to $200 off mattress orders. Get the free KPL News app in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge, Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the KPL News app. Now the headlines from the KPL News Center. Right now, 80 degrees, I'm Bernadette Lean. China promising a response as the U.S. has ordered the closure of a diplomatic office. China accusing the United States of an unprecedented escalation as the U.S. orders the closure of the Chinese consulate in Houston. The Chinese foreign ministry calling the move outrageous and unjustified. It's reported China is considering retaliating by demanding the U.S. close the American consulate in Wuhan, China. The Trump administration is imposing near-daily penalties on China as tensions grow over issues including the coronavirus pandemic and trade. Simon Owen, Fox News. Well, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are looking to find some common ground when it comes to another coronavirus relief package. There are several sticking points as lawmakers negotiate another relief package. Republicans are demanding legal protections for schools and businesses, something Democrats oppose. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I won't put a bill on the floor that doesn't have liability protection in it. Lawmakers also disagree on expanded unemployment assistance. House Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries. It would be cruel-hearted and callous to cut off the extended and expanded unemployment benefits. Democrats and Republicans agree Americans should get more direct payments, but details are up in the air. Rachel Sutherland. Fox News. And in other headlines, qualifying for the November ballot began this morning. As of now, Republican Senator Bill Cassidy doesn't face a challenger, but we got word today that there will be a Democratic challenger from Shreveport. New Orleans Fire Chief Tim McConnell says one of the bodies that has been trapped in the Hard Rock Hotel collapse site is likely to be recovered by the end of the week and the other by the middle of next week. McConnell says the rebel is delicate and potentially dangerous to those trying to recover the body. It's been 10 months since the construction site partially collapsed, killing three people. The National Hurricane Center has upgraded the chance of development for a tropical wave currently over western Cuba, making its way to the Gulf. State climatologist Barry Kimes says there's a medium chance the disturbance will develop into a tropical depression. 
A mix of sunshine and clouds out there today with a 40 to 50% chance for some widely scattered showers. Highs get up to around 93 degrees in the afternoon with winds from the east-southeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows drop down to around 76. As we move ahead through the rest of the week, more rainfall on the way starting tomorrow, lasting all the way through the weekend and even unsettled into next work week as well. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And right now, 80 degrees here at KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. Right now, no traffic crashes, no breakdowns to worry about. Hey, please make sure you're buckling up and keeping it safe out there today.